Hello and welcome to episode 84 of NPS We Trust, a PlayStation podcast. My name's Davey and joined with me, as always, is the fine wine himself, Mr. Philip Hoy. If you're big enough to make the bet, you're big enough to drink the drink. <laughs> oh, Christ. That will all come to pass later in the episode. That'll God. be really funny in two hours' time. <laughs> <laughs> you listening to the show that'll be really funny in two hours oh jesus and to my right the boy wonder himself mr spencer davis sound lads glad to be back what a well we've done topic lovely lovely show let's get to the start let's get through this that's exactly right listeners we are recording this out of order we have got a special topic up for you later on in the show which is we are joined with x marks the box the complete duo of x marks the box where we go through our fantasy draft critic for the year of 2024 so we each pick five games and a sixth unannounced game which then we decide how they're going to review i'm I'm not too sure how it's all going to go but we've already recorded that we've already put our list out there and so we are now traveling back in time to record the rest of the show so we've got a wonderful show ahead for you of course we got our standard question we then wind down the moving river into what we've been playing we then straddle the stream kayaking down as we go into quick news and then as we come out the other side we cross the waterfall into the rest of the fucking show it's a lot of stuff messiest triathlon i've ever heard of me yeah it's it's all water-based did you did you pick up on that it's all very water-based stuff but but you're not here for that you're here for some playstation news from the playstation nation and by god i saw this question on twitter guys and it does involve playstation stuff so it's actually quite relevant for once normally we you know talk about how you dispose of shit in the toilet or whatever but this time is actually quite relevant to playstation because it involves our boy kratos Ooh. So the question is, and this was trending on Twitter, Hulk from Marvel, I mean, you can take this from comics, MCU, however you want to do it, Hulk versus Kratos. Who wins in a fight? I want to know who you think wins, and more importantly, why? Now, Spence, I'm going to come across to you first. As the youngest on the podcast, we normally come to you. Give me your insightful thoughts. Okay, well, immediately, you, go, you start to think MCU Hulk. You think, wow, who's he beating? You no know? one. Fucking shit. Yeah, he loses all the time. He lost to Thor. He lost to Thanos. You can't beat anyone with th at the start of the name. <laughs> it's proper struggles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he lost to Iron Man. You know, come on. Realistically, he loses to Black Widow. <laughs> come on. Yeah. Uh, Comics-wise, bit different. Lot stronger in the comics. Mm -hmm. Many different variations of Hulk. I assume we're talking Green Hulk. Yes, yeah, yeah. I'd yeah. say so. Strongest version. Yeah. Ordinary Hulk. There's Kratos. The God Slayer. The what? World Lifter. Freaking we've played the games. He's a menace in the original games. In the new games, he is lifting temples, flipping them. He's yanking chains the size of planets. Kratos is ridiculous. Pretty sure at one point he flips a universe, does he not? Yeah, he yeah he does yeah, yeah he does all sorts of the, the feats for Kratos are nuts, and insane. The, the longer you think about it as well, like the sheer level of people he's taking down in one to one combat, it just becomes nuts. Zeus, Ares, Poseidon, load of titans. Yeah, Kronos. slaps titans like there's no tomorrow. Yeah, the entire Greek pantheon dead. Yeah. 
demigods and all. So I'll tell you what, there's a lot in my mind. I'm just going to flow out and say Kratos wins. And for some reason, Kratos, I don't know why, he never uses full strength until he needs to. So I'm going to say it's a drawn out fight. Maybe like, let's draw that fight. Four minutes. <laughs> okay. Four minutes and Kratos just absolutely gets a chain around the Hulk's neck from his blades and just oh. melts through his neck and yanks. I think Kratos wins hands down. I'm not really sure what Hulk could do to rebuttal Kratos because Kratos is, he's slain stronger foes than the Hulk. Well, before we get deeper into what the Hulk could do, I want to hear Phil's thoughts on this first because this may even spin off into the Hulk's kind of strengths and advantages. I don't know where you're coming down on this one, Mr. Hoy. Okie doke. Well, I love that we're jumping on a trend. This is very unlike us, isn't it? I know last episode we were talking about possibly jumping on the football trend or the Fortnite trend. But you've gone a step further here, haven't you? You've looked what's trending on Twitter and you've picked it out and now we're doing a video on it. Ooh, I can hear all those subscribers running through the door. Hit that button below to anyone new to the channel. Hello, hello, my name is Phil. Right, to address your question, and you've already kind of, I suppose, caveated with the notion that we can't pick any Hulk. Because if I could pick any Hulk, I would go for the strongest version of Hulk, of course. I would go for the Breaker of Worlds. And this is not to be confused with World Breaker Hulk. This is the Breaker of Worlds Hulk. This is the Hulk God. This is Hulk's ultimate form. And in the comics, not that I've read them, I did have a little flick through when I was doing a little bit of research. This guy smashes entire universes in an instant. So... If I can pick this guy, I'm backing this guy all, all the way. It'd be a pretty shit PlayStation game if Kratos could smash entire universes. How boring would that be? Press X. A little quick time event pops up. Boom. Game over. You've done it all. You've smashed the entire universe. So, yeah. If it's the Kratos I know from PlayStation 5, which is the one we're referencing, versus my cherry-picked version of the Hulk, I'm backing my boy in green. Oh, okay. I don't know much about that version of Hulk, right? I know about Worldbreaker Hulk. So, you know, the one who came back after the events on uh, Planet Sakaar uh, and came back and, and took out loads of Avengers. Yeah. And that was like the strongest Hulk I know of. And then I've heard of like Savage Hulk, which is pretty insane and his feats are pretty nuts. I didn't realize it was Hulk God as well. <laughs> you've also you've also missed out a Mortal Hulk. He's immortal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. More Hulk strong. So many versions of Hulk. And we're talking about the MCU multiverse. This universe just keeps on going and going and going. Kratos is in like two. He's in like Greek and Norse universes, right? Hulk is every which way. You can keep going out the wazoo with this boy. I think that Kratos has got a couple of advantages, even in this case. If we're taking like God god hulk right now i don't know this guy at all so i could be totally speaking out my ass but kratos gets a taste of godhood in the first one when he opens pandora's box and he grows like stupidly high and he fights Ares. with that power up and his skills that he has now i don't know i mean the thing about kratos right is that even when he loses he just climbs out of hell and he's back for round two, baby. And you know he's pulling some kind of thing out of his ass to be able to get the win. So, you know, some kind of power-up somewhere it'd, along the It'd line. have to be the only thing I can think of to win would be Medusa. What, turn him into stone? Turn him into stone, yeah. He wouldn't have an answer for that one. No. 
unless he's got hacks as god see i like i like the angle you're 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 going with uh, kratos on this one because kratos hasn't hit the ceiling has he he's almost like goku every fight he kind of gets a little bit stronger and he sort of powers up that's how we get an entertaining playstation game because as i said you wouldn't want to just load into the screen and be immortal and break the entire world with one click would you but the breaker of world's hulk he is the motherfucking ceiling there's no higher than this lad so kratos is creeping up and creeping up and creeping up he's gonna have to lose a lot of fights with breaker of worlds before he even can get close to the boy in green come on boys think about it yeah i mean i don't really know what to say about that that guy sounds pretty fucking nuts to be fair <laughs> smashing universes together you're talking you know even my good old boy Soups couldn't really do an awful lot about about that level. That's like, that's a level that's far beyond. You know, we're talking at that point, like multi-galactic, well, universal level. If he's actually destroying universes, you need a 4D character in power scaling terms. Someone who can shape universes to be able to contend with that. And that would probably be, yeah, that that's beyond Kratos. That's for damn sure. Uh, being a 4D character. So in that aspect, I'd probably have to give it to Hulk on, on your line. I can see where you come in. I'm sticking to my boy Kratos. I'm thinking about normal Hulk, right? Who goes up with like Wolverine and Thor and th fights that level. You know, like a normal a normal bit a normal hulk right not like some crazy even if we went to like Worldbreaker hulk when he comes back and he's his most angry i think kratos would still get a dub i think easily actually still get the dub like sure he doesn't have like when you're playing it you don't really take into account of what you're doing right like in terms of the level like sure you might see a titan you think oh wow you know i'm wrecking their ass or i'm gonna go up and lift the world for a little bit off atlas but you don't mm. really contend that Fuck, he just fucking lifted the world. Yeah. Or he's just he, he's just done some insane feat. Like, he absolutely slaps the tits out of Poseidon, who controls all the fucking oceans, right? And he just rips him to pieces. Like, literally gets on top of him and just spanks a mud all straight into his face, right? And he don't really think too much about it at the time, but he's pretty fucking nuts. That's a Greek god. <laughs> yeah, he's just, yeah, he's just killing him. So I think that level against Hulk, Kratos slaps. Greek God versus Worldbreaker Hulk, right? We're talking a combination of Savage Hulk, right? And the intelligence of the Warrior Green Scar put together here, boys, right? He's taking shots from the Human Torch. He's taking a supernova to the face and he's going, have that, and he's going back at it. I even can't see Kratos taking on the World Hulk. I can see it being a closer fight, but my God, it would be an entertaining one to watch. Get me a front row ticket. Yeah, that's this is the thing, and this is always one of those things with fights, is that there's no clear-cut winner. You could argue it all different ways, and there's people that are so into power scaling that they could pick up and say, yeah, this feat here showcases this level of strength, right? There's so many ways, and I think Kratos has got, you know, he's got ass-pull hacks. He's always going to find a weapon. He's always going to find something that's going to be the thing. Or he could just do the bitch-ass method, and just wait till he turns to Bruce Banner and kill him. I can't see that being Kratos' style. No. But the thing with Kratos that I love is where he's fighting somebody and they're like trying to goad him into bringing out the old God of War in him. Like when he's fighting Thor at the start of Ragnarok. And Thor's like, where is he? And he's like beating you up a little bit. And then you snap 
and he just fucking hit him and he's like his tooth, his tooth like comes out and he's like there he is like there he gets that taste of it right like that full rage kratos yeah i think even against hulk when he's full raging like he is in Worldbreaker. i don't know sentry takes out Worldbreaker hulk or they go to a stalemate right kratos won't go to a stalemate he'll just keep going and he's got self-healing yeah he's fucking he's taking names what wasn't it iron man that actually took down world hulk with his orbital strike no sentry 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 got him to a stalemate yeah the immortal hulk got taken down by the orbital strike oh was it yeah so hulk got destroyed by that but he's he's mortal so you know he's not destroyed for long Ah. well there you go there is lots that we could unpack with this and listeners i'm sure that you're screaming out what about this what about this version what about this one what about if kratos had calliope and she was in danger what about there's many whatabouts let us know right into the show via our email psvtrust.gmail.com or hit us up on the socials who do you think would win hulk versus kratos the fight of the century and as phil said we got front row tickets baby bring it to ps5 that's what we need kratos versus the mcu like the justice league game now except it's got kratos in so it's generally better playstation all-stars 2 with just super overpowered characters you've got goku in there you've just got all these like sentient beings that are like too powerful and they all just fight each other and it's just a, a big stalemate but it would be fun stalemate to watch wouldn't it and be involved with if we're playing playstation come on you got you got to think it could legitimately happen at this point because insomniac with spider-man spider-man 2 if we did playstation all-stars we'd have spider-man in there yeah we'd have to they'd have to i don't know how they'd wing it because i'm sure insomniac are the only ones with the license tell you what you wouldn't want to be if you're in a game where you got hulk and kratos dishing it out and say i don't know fuck it chuck soups in there for a laugh and goku fuck. you wouldn't want to be nathan drake then would you no. <laughs> <laughs> or parappa the rapper <laughs> yeah, <laughs> princess yeah 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 that balance would be a bit off but we can only hope we can only hope and pray but we shall move it on from that straight into what we've been playing this time on NPS We Trust. What have the boys been playing? So guys, it's been two weeks since the last podcast episode and I'm desperate to know what you've been up to in that time. Mr. Philip Hoy, last time we checked in, you checked out the demo for Prince of Persia. Did you end up buying it? And if so, how are you finding it? Well, I did, but this feels strange, boys. It's me going first on a what have you been playing so i can guess that you boys might have been playing the same game and you were going to save it for after i do this introduction about prince of persia yeah yeah i'm thinking that's what we do okie doke let's have at it so yes i did plump for prince of persia i had some ps credit saved up for my birthday and christmas thank you very much for uh the gifts and i bought prince of persia the lost crown i think it was on the day one when it came out so far i haven't got too far into it as you may imagine with my allocated playtime. uh i've played about eight hours of the game so far i've heard it's about 16 hours if you want to mainline it about 27 28 if you actually want to do the full platinum now this game is a metroidvania so as you can imagine there is quite a lot to this game and there's quite a lot of optional things within this game but so far it is living up to that 87 percent meta score that i'm seeing plastered everywhere because the game is perfection i would even bump it up a little bit more than an 8 out of 10 i would go for 
a full nine out of 10 for the experience so far because it is stellar. And I am recommending it to a lot of different people because it's on literally every platform. I was only talking to my mate in work the other day who is a Nintendo boy through and through. Doesn't do a podcast, unfortunately. Can't invite him on. But I was saying, you want to pop out, get yourself Prince of Persia. I've, it's already gone down in price, which is which is slightly concerning. Even on Nintendo, it's down to £40. I paid fucking 45 So that's what happens when you buy digital day one. It's unlike me. I'm looking at my shelf thinking, oh, look at all those games. And we're going to come on to a topic a little later on, I think within Quick News, where we talk about the decline of buying secondhand games. Up there, that's going to be worth some money. So maybe I made the wrong choice in buying DLC. But let's talk about Prince of Persia for a second. Prince of Persia, you take control of Sargon, who is our hero, as he adventures into the cursed city of Quaff to find and help out our prince who's been kidnapped. And... Yeah, I haven't found him yet in my eight hours. I've sort of seen some of the story unravel. Um, but yes, there's still quite a lot of the game to see. As I mentioned last time on the podcast, when I played a little bit of the demo, the graphics are outstanding. Oh my God. And especially on my uh, new-ish TV, you boys had the pleasure the other day when you popped around and we had that wicked night out in Bristol. You played a bit of Street Fighter over on my TV and I think you were wowed. But Prince of Persia literally makes it sing and it is a very cartoony game. So imagine when we get some new AAAs coming out later this year. Woo! Cannot wait. But the one thing I want to mention before I pass it back to you boys about Prince of Persia is the bosses because these are going around the internet. They are becoming famous. There is some Dragon Ball Z-esque fighting within Prince of Persia. As you level up and you get more and more skills, it gets more and more anime. Unfortunately, I haven't seen any wall running, which is one of the complaints I've seen a little bit bounced around the internet because that was famous in one of the previous games. But outside that, these bosses absolutely wow. They are the wow moment of the game. So far, I'm finding them quite easy. But I don't want to tread on that banana skin as I did with the Armored Core. And then the next boss I fight was fucking difficult. So I'm just going to say they're actually okay, the bosses at the moment. I don't really need them to get too much harder. But there's a lot of sliding within these bosses. As soon as you uh, sort of understand how to slide and, and, and how to dodge attacks, I think you can progress quite far in this game with sort of a lowish difficulty. But I'm sure it'll ramp up. It's definitely now that I've said that, right? Yeah, I think you've definitely opened a can of worms here. And I, I think you're, you're right to tone it down a little bit. You know, after Armored Core, where, you know, you're talking the big game and then reality strikes, you don't want to have to go through that experience again. Or maybe you do. It's always quite nice to be challenged a little bit, isn't it, in these games, especially, a, a, you know, an old school kind of Metroidvania. You know, quite nice to have a nice challenging boss. But no, I'm really glad to hear that you're getting on well with it. This is a game that definitely is on my list for this year. I'm really, really wanting to play it. It's just that I'm still playing through Alan Wake. I'm still playing through Alan Wake 2. I've got other games on the list. Helldivers comes out in like two weeks. So I'm reluctant to really want to dive into anything major. And something like Prince of Persia is something that I want to put the time aside for. So I'm glad that you're there to be able to experience it for us on the podcast and to get us hyped for it. I mean, Spence, have you got any interest in going back to Prince of Persia later on as the year goes on? It's definitely something I'd like to visit at a later point in time. It's kind of, it's at the point where I'm not even thinking of buying it, let alone playing it at the moment. I think I'm just going to sit on it till it's £12 on Amazon. And then oh, wow. I'll pick it up at that point. It's too stacked. We say it all the time. Final Fantasy 7, Last of Us 2, 
Hell Divers. It's all coming out, man. I we do not have the time for it, especially if I want to keep up with Street Fighter Six, which I'm trying to do. And I'm in the middle of Alan Wake. I've made no progress on it because I'm playing Street Fighter Six. It's no chance. I'd really like to play it, but it's just something that's gonna have to wait, unfortunately. Yeah, and that's that's a difficult thing, isn't it? You always got to balance up what's on your time. And you and me have just been playing non-stop Street Fighter Six, really, to be honest. But no, glad to hear it. Phil, really, really glad to hear it. And uh, I'll be looking forward to see as you go on. Nine out of 10, very, very strong recommendation. Audience, we don't hand out nine out of 10s that often. So go on and by all means, if it's been on your watch list for a little while, take Phil's recommendation to heart. That's a, that's a strong, strong recommendation. You and me, Spence, we've been playing shitloads of Street Fighter. We're on our way through Diamond Ranks in Diamond Rank 3, moving on up. But we've been playing a game that I think would be interesting to talk about. It's a game that went on to PS Extra a couple of months ago. Mm -hmm. And we looked at it, we shouted out saying that it's a game that we'd check out. And we did the rare thing of actually doing what we said. Yeah. And checking it out. And that game is Proteus. So Proteus, I hear you saying to yourself, what the hell kind of game is that? It is an old school, what they call a boomer shooter these days. So it's a Doom-esque game. And I fucking adore it. Yeah, it's good. I fucking love it so much. So you can play it in co-op. You can play it from two to four players. And you move around Doom-esque environments shooting people. And that's it. And looking for secrets. And there is something so charming about it and so fucking satisfying about that game. I mean, before I just squirt my load all over it, be my guest. Fill me in here. Fill the audience in about what this is. Sure. So Proteus, is, it is, like you said, a boomer shooter. It's basically Doom. It is just Doom. You go around, it's heavy metal, blaring. You have a choice between kind of like 2D sprites, or you can make them 3D enemies if you want that gore there, or if you want it to be more like an old school game. You have a massive array of weapons available to you that gets larger and larger as you progress through the story. So I think we're roughly 50% now. But we've got the pistol. You can use your fists. You got two SMGs, you got a plasma rifle, a freaking Gatling gun, a normal shotgun, a pump shotgun, uh, you got freaking a four-barreled shotgun, you got a sniper rifle, which as an alt fire shoots lightning rounds. You have a rocket launcher, a grenade launcher, and not a single one of these guns isn't satisfying to shoot. It is phenomenal. The gore, the level design, the secrets you find. It's so clever and the movement in the game. We've just unlocked double jump and dashing now as well, which is just helping us to find more secrets that weren't available to us in the lower levels. So now we're revisiting those levels and exploring more, see what we've missed. And it's, it's so fun. I'm really glad we got to this game. Yeah. And the good thing about it is the platinum grind on it is also really doable. Yeah. So all we have to do is we have to, for the platinum, you have to like 100% every level, which means killing all enemies, not dying, and finding all the secrets. And so it gives you a good reason to go back and replay. And the one thing that, that, that keeps this game together is the gameplay satisfying. And so no matter if we're going back through a level for the 13th time looking for a secret and having to resort to like a YouTube guide, it's not like, oh, fuck, we got to do it again. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, let's go kill some more things. Yeah. Because it's just fun to be able to shoot stuff and run around. And this is the odd time, Phil, that I think that extra and you having extra would have come in handy here because we could have all dived into it together. But with you not having it, it that means you have to pony up. And, uh, and that's just a barrier to entry. 
Yeah, I was a little gutted, actually, that I didn't have the opportunity to play this game because once it appeared in the dock, I was like, oh, I remember this game, right? And I went back and watched some of the trailers. And you're right, it is just Doom, isn't it? It's it's Quake, it's Doom. It's back to where I started with gaming. I remember my dad bringing a PC home from PC World, a big CRT monitor, spending thousands of pounds going, look, it's got 32 megabytes of hard drive space. Oh, my God. Jesus. But yeah, in the trailer, it's just so doomed. They've ripped everything off. It's brilliant. They've even got a BFG. They even got a big fucking gun at the end of the trailer that I watched. So they just went through and just went, what's in Quake? What's in Doom? Tick, tick, tick. Add all these. Copy and paste. And brilliant. It looks really, really good. But this comes into the rise of the boomer shooter, as you guys correctly named it earlier. And I was talking about it, I think, previously last year with the game Space Marine bolt gun uh, another boomer shooter which which i enjoyed and oh, these games are just so much dumb fun you can jump in blast a few enemies listen to heavy metal and you all have a great time and in my research when i was looking through about proteus it came up more and more information about bolt gun and it got me really hyped to want to play that game and before i pass back to you i have got a little fact about bolt gun do you want to hear it sure yeah sure, yeah. yeah 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 not to deal, derail it too much, but I know we're famous for that now within the PlayStation podcast. We always go off on a bit of a tangent. So here's my tangent. And with Bolt Gun, here's a fact for you. It's actually connected to the first Space Marine game on the PS3. It's actually set several years after the actual game, and it's a canon sequel to the game. And I didn't know that. I, I've played both through. I haven't completed Bolt Gun, but I was like, this story is very reminiscent. This is very, you know, interesting. It, it, it's very, it, it felt like home. It felt like I knew this universe. But of course, I used to play a lot of Warhammer back in the day. Surprise, surprise, I was a massive geek growing up. I used to play Warhammer and it wasn't on the DL. I used to scream and shout about it. I used to love it back in the day. But that love as, as sort of... Pr permeated sort of my gaming now and whenever there is a games workshop game i do tend to dip in i quite like necromunda played quite a lot of that last year and bolt gun was one of my sort of uh, games of last year as well really really enjoyed that and i'm really looking forward to the next space marine but there's a fact for you guys so i'm hitting you with facts he's fat corner over there is phil and yeah I, you know bolt gun was epic last year i loved it i loved my time with it didn't actually end up completing it actually and now you've got me feeling that after proteus Maybe I'll go back and get that. There was no platinum for uh, for Bolt Gun, if I remember rightly, which was like a reason that fucking stung. And I was like, oh, well, fuck this. You know, I was enjoying it, but I, now I don't have the urge to do it. Whereas with Proteus, I'm thinking, what are you up to, Spence? <laughs> you know, let's dive into a bit of Proteus. Because I'm really enjoying it, and I want to have it done before we get to Helldivers. Because yeah. as soon as that comes out, that's the barrier. We're, we're never going to go back to it then. So we need to get it done. and audience i'd say if you still got extra get it on dl get it on download immediately dive in there either on your own or with a good mate there's a full you got the standard campaign which we're running through but you've also got loads of user-made levels mm. so there's so much content for this game there's a thriving community for it looking over steam and everything else full cross-play enabled it's got great haptics it's got really good adaptive triggers it's just a really really well-made game yeah and as much as we're saying it's sure it rips off from everything in the past, it somehow forges its own identity. And it, it does feel unique when you're playing it. It really does. I 
can't recommend it enough. I, I really can't. I think if I had to give this a score right now, I'd give it an easy 9 out of 10. Oof. I've got that high. I can't stop thinking about it. I love it. I can't think of anything wrong with it. And you just said to our listeners when I gave Prince of Persia a 9 out of 10, which got a meta score critic, meta critic score of 87%, you were like, yeah, we, we, we don't hand out very, very many 9 out of 10s on this show. It's a double for you. Yes, no, no. Back to back 9 out of 10s. It's nine nines. Nine nines, baby. I, I can't think of anything it does wrong. I, I honestly, I can't think of anything. Like, you don't need a story in a boomer shooter. That's not what this is about. It's, it's got to have great music. It's got to have great weapons. It's got to have great gameplay. And it nails them all. And with user levels on top, it means unlimited content. So I, I, I think it's an easy... I'd have to give it a nine. I can't think of any lower for it. Don't know how you feel about that. I mean, I hadn't really thought of a rating for the game. But after we've just been speaking about it, there's, there's nothing bad about the game. Really nothing other than the map, I suppose, could be a bit better. But I'm not too sure how they'd go about it. Because looking through the map, trying to find, say, like the last enemy left, we've had some issues with that. Mm. Um, but that's usually because they're behind a secret. And if you haven't found an enemy, they won't show up on the map. So it's kind of user error, kind of the map's a bit annoying. But it would give away where the secrets were, I suppose, yeah. if they were on the map. Um, so it makes sense. There really isn't much it does wrong, if anything at all. I think I do just have to give it a 9 out of 10 as well. It's doing with multiplayer. Yeah. That's all it is. Brilliant. Sign me up. I'm, all, I'm playing it already. We're playing it after the show. Yeah. 100%. Brilliant game. 100%. There you have it. Triple nines. We're going in with that Final Fantasy damage numbers. 999. <laughs> wow. Well, there you go, listeners. Some great some great games for you to check out if you haven't already but let's move it on to some gaming news let's move it on to the quick news quick news so boys listeners viewers if you're big enough to make the bet you're big enough to drink the drink and normally within quick news we have some sort of game going on some sort of meta game going on with the show where we challenge each other to to have shots as almost forfeits for doing something wrong so in the past we've done impressions we've done sound effects we've kind of exhausted my creativity within this section so what i want to do is put it out to the listeners put it out to the viewers put it out to our people because at the moment episode 90 isn't really looking like much of a blowout the dock is bare normally by episode whatever four 74 64 54 spencer's got 10 shots in the dock currently he's got zero i know he's got a bet pending at the moment but that could only net him one shot we need something to ramp it up so answers on our postcards send it in and hopefully we can include your suggestions within the next show but until we get a good enough suggestion, we're going to play it by ear and continue as we've been doing. So I'm going to throw it around to Spencer for your first quick news of tonight. Quick news. Hello, lads, listeners, watchers. Welcome to the quick news. Thank you for bringing it across to me first, Phil. So our first bit of news for you. Phone Stars, the long-awaited, highly anticipated <laughs> game is coming straight to PS Plus on February 6th. What a shock. I wonder why they've decided to do that. Any thoughts, boys? I think it's really smart, to be honest. Yeah. Whenever there's a multiplayer game, the best thing they can do, the best chance to get it in as many players' hands as possible is to do this, right? Is to get it straight onto the service. You think how successful Fall Guys was? Yeah. 
Mm. I know it's an outlier, but it was really successful. It had a great launch because of PS PS Plus. I think Foam Stars maybe could be the next big thing. We played it. It wasn't bad. I wouldn't really want to go back. I'm not craving a bit of Foam Stars, but certain people are. Lurian is like mega hyped on Foam Stars. He loves it, right? So there's certainly an audience that will gravitate towards it. I don't think it's you and me. No. But I think it's a really smart move for a PlayStation to be able to buy that exclusivity and to get a multiplayer game that, who knows, it may really have some legs, some foamy legs. I mean, I do agree with you. I think it's smart for it to come to PS Plus right away because I don't think the sales would have been there otherwise. No. But I will say Four Guys is a different beast. I don't think this compares to Four Guys at all. Four Guys was one of the top streamed games for like half a year when that first came to PC and stuff. And sure, we got it for free. Majority of the player base is on PC. Mm. So it's nice. it was nice we had that, but that definitely wasn't the reason Four Guys became what it was. It was already on its way. Foam Stars... I think it's going to fall short. Phil, I'm not too sure on your thoughts on this game. How do you think this is going to go? Well, I've got to agree with Davey and sort of echo your your thoughts here, Davey. Coming straight to PlayStation Plus, I think it's a no-brainer for this one because it gets it in the hands of as many people as possible. And that's what you want to get that mass adoption. I'm not sure they'll achieve that, but let's give it a good go. I think if it came out and they wanted to charge the 40 or the 60 that would be the barrier to entry. But now anyone who has PS Plus, anyone that has the active subscription can download this when it's released, jump in for a little bit of 4v4 foamy multiplayer. And to be fair, it does just look like dumb fun. I think it will grow its audience. And the way it's going to be making money is obvious. It's through its seasonal updates over the next year because they've promised that already. You know, they're going to be doing season pass after season pass out the wazoo for people. They're going to be charging people. They're going to be coming out with DLC. They're going to be coming out with skins. Davey's going to want to buy the Homelander skins who's squirting foam <laughs> all over starlight or whatever a bloody name is oh. <laughs> it's gonna happen boys right i can see this as a positive move and good luck to them can we see you donning into the wading into the foam phil would you be interested in having a night us three dive in and see if we can have some foamy fun not with hell divers on the verge mate come on <laughs> let's be real let's be real i've just bought a new headset i put the pre-order down for the new headset that's how serious i am about nights in with the boys sessioning on hell divers too hell yeah brother that's exactly what i want to hear two days before hell divers comes out i don't think it's going to get even a download i'm going to redeem it I ain't playing it. This game can eat my ass. The only <laughs> way I'm going to even put this game in my library is if there's something for it on PlayStation Stars. In which game, I'll, I'll download it, I'll boot it, I'll uninstall it. I'll get my 50 points. Thank you, PlayStation. Or my little foam gun collectible, digital collectible, which won't go on my display because it doesn't deserve to be there. No. And then call it a day, never touch it, and I'll be like, all right, boys, hold Ivers two time. This game can eat my arsehole. I've put it down since the beginning. It's staying down there. It deserves to be on PS Plus. They, they, Sony should have just fucking said, no, release it. <laughs> Mate, think of all those weebs that they've moved on from playing Splatoon. They've grown up. They're like, I don't play my Switch anymore. Switch for babies. And then they see Foam Stars. <gasps> I can still get, I can still scratch that itch. I can still get that little bit of 
fun. And it's like I'm playing the old game I love, but it's for adults now. They can play Montezo Refantasio or whatever the fuck that is. They ain't playing this. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. And I'm sick of talking about it. We're moving on. I Fuck Foam Stars. We're done with it. Davey, coming round to you for your bit of quick news. Okay, I got a bit of a juicer here. It's a double in one. Quick news. Until Dawn. Oh, what a game. Absolutely amazing game. First thing to come from this is that PlayStation Productions is set to make an R-rated Until Dawn movie with David S. Sandberg, who's the director of Shazam. Now, the game is a multi-branch game. So it's going to be interesting how they go about doing this in terms of it showing a complete story. I hope they go for the good ending, which is always good. And the game used live actors. It used real people. So Rami Malek is in there. Hayden Penetrier. I can never say her name properly. It's like Panetier. Yeah, from like Heroes fame. So they hopefully will take up their old roles. I hope so. Don't know. I mean, that depends on the budget, I guess. But I think this is a great move from PlayStation Productions. Horror games, you know, we were talking about how hype it's going to be to have like an extra game in like the Dead by Daylight universe. I'm always saying that Dead by Daylight would make a great film. Yeah. Right? Like a proper slasher film. The story for Until Dawn absolutely slaps tits. It's so good. So good. Easily, easily one of the best games on PlayStation 4. It's really, really, really good. I'm super chuffed to see this as a film and I... That story has stayed with me over these years. I know how that game ends. I know the twist that happened in it. Really good. I think it would make a great adaption. Kind of wish, like I do with all these things, that it wouldn't be like a movie and that it's a series. That's the the only thing. I I always think like a series would be really good. You could do like a five-parter and it would just play so well. Mm. So, so well. But that's the first bit of news. Second bit is that alongside that, Sony's reportedly planning to release an updated version of Until Dawn for PS5 and PC. So bring it back as like a remastered format. Personally, would I need that? No. I think the game looks great on PS4. I don't think it really needs to have that. But it makes sense in terms of being able to, you know, charge a £10 upgrade and be able to get the game again. Yeah. And hell, would I like to run through it again? Sure. Would I auto-pop the plat? Yeah, that's always quite nice. So maybe I'd end up buying this for the £10 upgrade. But what are your guys' thoughts? I don't know. Phil, come across to you first. I don't know if you've played Until Dawn. And after playing a bit of the Telltale games recently and seeing how that kind of format can work, are you interested in going back and revisiting this PS4 gem? Is there anything Bill Bill Cun can't find when he's data mining? That boy, he's digging around in the weeds, isn't he? And he's finding all these threads and he's weaving us a wicked future, isn't he? Because I'm, I'm really interested in this one. If, if that is to be believed and they're doing an updated version, this would be the time for me to be jumping in. Because you are right, I really enjoyed The Expanse, I really enjoyed The Telltale, and I do enjoy my horror. So yes, that would be a tick. And for the movie side of things... Where are they getting the budget for Remy? Really? Yeah. He's a big dick player, right? He's Freddie fucking Mercury. They're not affording him. Okay, he'll lend his voice and his likeness to a game. Sure, right? Get some easy money. Easy money. But 
starring in a film no thank you i i can't see that happening but if he is in it it would make it for me because i'm a massive fan of remy malek mr robot himself i mean fair play yeah i feel the same he's there's no way they're getting him on if if they do get they could get hayden panettiere on because i don't think she's up to much she's probably just bored out of brain she'd be like yeah fuck it 20 quid i'll do it whereas rami malek (laughs) yeah they cannot afford his budget not a chance in hell. I think Until Dawn was before his rise to fame, really. He was yeah. known, but he wasn't nowhere near as big as he is now. So not a chance he'd go back unless he did it kind of... Out of love. Yeah, What if he love. loves it? Yeah, what if he loves the game? Yeah, he might do. And that would be lovely. But I don't know if he does. He's been on to bigger things. Yeah. You hear th- stories where actors where they take like a massive pay cut to get involved because it's like a passion project. And they'll say like, oh yeah, just give me some points on the back end or something like that. Like, I, I you know pay me fuck all and loads of stars have done that over the years you'd be surprised how many big a-list celebrities have been stormtroopers yeah there's loads of them just because they want to be a part of that world and so there is that possibility I, i'm gonna if i was him right and i had my first kind of like not his first big break don't get me wrong but a, a thing where the first time i saw his face and then when i saw like uh you know everything else he's done since i'm like oh that's the until dawn guy yeah, right yeah. that's where i recognize him from there could be something there that he thinks oh yeah do you know what why not fuck it this would be fun you know to do it and the fans would love it the fans would eat it up so much if he came back yeah no that's true i, th- I think it's good that they're doing it i think it perfectly makes sense as well with them to be doing a release on ps5 and pc of the original game they last of us they released the show and they thought oh let's get part one part two remaster out literally just dropped it makes perfect sense i think that's kind of the trend they're following now which is i mean god of war is reportedly getting a show we know it's getting a show guarantee as soon as it does ragnarok to pc probably the exact same thing yep there's been no surprise this kind of just seems to be what sony are doing at the moment all of this makes perfect sense i would very much like to see the roles be reprised though that is probably the the hit or miss thing for me really yeah yeah and the only thing that kind of goes against it is that when they're playing these parts they can de-age the actors quite a bit you know like they're supposed to be playing like kind of kids you know yeah. like early 20s they're obviously a lot older now mm. does it still work i guess so i mean the basic story without spoiling anything is that a group of friends go to a cabin to celebrate well basically commiserate an anniversary of a death and that's basically what brings them all together you could do that at any age. You don't have to be in your 20s to be able to go to a cabin in the woods to do that with your buddies. Yeah, it, uh, to be fair, it's an Until Dawn movie. It doesn't expressly say that it's a movie version of the game. It could be in the future. It could be years past. Who knows? Because what would they do different in the movie? Because there's so many different ways to finish the game. Yeah. I mean, the, the base story is just so good that it would really work. Like, it would so work. There's twists in that game that are, like, not Bioshock level or anything like that, but there's some really, really good twists that are, like, (gasps) and when you can figure it out, it does that great thing that a lot of the the same games, um, and, oh, my God, the studio name is escaping me now, and I love all their games. Um, Well, not all of them. Um, Let me just double-check this now. Supermassive. Supermassive, thank you. 
when it comes to like unpacking the mystery, it does the great thing that Supermassive Games were known from from this, and they never really have done it as well as they did in this, where the characters will learn from you finding things in the environment, and that will then shape how much they know and what options will open for you in the conversations. And you could make it just, there's just that ongoing mystery around what's happening and the events and who you can trust and who you can't. And that would translate so well mm. to a kind of thriller movie. Uh, it really would. TV show would be better. But but yeah, I think that's enough on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't wait to see more. And I really hope, as we've said, that we get some actors reprice their roles because that would just really make it for me as a fan. But we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Mr. Philip Hoy, across to you for your piece of quick news. So, boys, I've got some Horizon news. I should be wearing the Horizon T-shirt that you bought me for Christmas. Messed up there, haven't I? Because I haven't got any game that can't be mentioned news. I've got Horizon news and I've got Death Stranding news. Ooh, a peek into the future. That's me foreshadowing. But back to the quick news in question. Horizon Forbidden West is coming out as a complete edition and it slides into PC on March 21st. The features include an unlocked frame rate, ultra-wide support, upscaling, and much, much more. Now, Davey, going back to Horizon Forbidden West, we claimed it as one of the most beautiful games out on PlayStation 5, and now they're going even further with that unlocked frame rate, that upscaling, and those ultra-wide support for PC players. This game is going to absolutely sing. Okay, the combat's still a bit shit, but the game is going <laughs> to look absolutely <laughs> stunning. It's a 9 out of 10 from me. It was my game of the year, and it is really fun, but the combat is rubbish, and you can't do anything when you're in the water. But the game is going to look amazing. Are you excited for this? guys i know you probably won't end up playing it on your pc but is it a nice thought that now the pc crowd who have said oh, i'm not a console player i will never go to playstation i'll never own an xbox now they can play some quality over on the pc with horizon forbidden west the complete edition yeah joe i'm really excited for the pc players zero dawn did really well when it went to pc and i can see this doing exactly the same the game is really good and i think that I'm going on a bit of a weird journey with Forbidden West, right? Because I've, I've always been, like, talking it down, saying, oh, blah, 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 blah. But now the new scapegoat for that is Spidey 2. Now I'm thinking, like, maybe Forbidden West wasn't that bad. <laughs> you know, like, maybe it wasn't. I still, I, I, if I had to put the two games together, I'd put Forbidden West above Spidey 2, hands down. Hands down. I think the PC player's going to have a great time. A really great time in this game. And... To see what it's going to look like, you know, with like some really crazy PCs that people have, it's going to be lush. It's going to be so, so nice to be able to see, you know, running in like 160 frames or something fucking stupid in like 8K or something daft. Like there's a new um, 8K monitor Samsung got out, uh, where it's the G9 Neo and it's uh, two. 4k screens next to each other and you can have it in ultra wide right like seeing it on that kind of monitor will be nuts so yeah really excited for them i think they're gonna have a great time in the dlc which you haven't got round to playing yet phil because of your american problem is great so i think they're gonna have a fantastic experience as a complete package really really excited for them i mean for me i think it's great it's coming to pc it's always great news when our games get moved over 
I'm surprised this is happening already because it is. This is probably the shortest time after release of it going to PC. I'm not sure if I'm correct on that. Mm. Unless it's a remake or a remaster, usually it takes quite a few years. This has been a couple of years now, mind. It's been two. Yeah, a couple. Yeah, but yeah. (laughs) Usually I think it's like four years after. Can't argue with facts. He's technically right, and that's the best way to be right. Technically right. Yeah, it's true. It is true. But it's cool to see the thing that I think is massive, that ultra-wide support. Mm. Because if someone has an ultra-wide display, the beauty in freaking forbidden west is nuts when you when i came over and you showed me the game i was sat there and i was like oh oh look at it the but what about the game i mm, i didn't need to see that that was fine the, it looks nice it looks really nice the game but yeah i mean the only issue is you're gonna need a fucking hot pc yeah yeah you will especially to actually handle all this the unlock frame rate ultra wide support upscaling it's already a 4k game upscaling it whatever it's going to be nuts you could see some people blowing up their computers with this game couldn't you yeah you really could you could see some problems with some overheating on this one people just going in and going yeah i want to experience what playstation experience whack it all up and bye bye computer yeah smoke coming out the wazoo (laughs) always out the wazoo there's a beautiful uh website called system requirements lab or can you run it you can google where you put your computer specs in and it will let you know if you can run the game and if so, what settings? Oh, that's handy. A lot of people aren't going to be running this on max settings, I think. This game is one of the most beautiful games I've ever seen. And if you have an ultra-wide display, good luck. But if you want to play it on medium, have at it. Enjoy the game. You need a hot shit PC to actually experience the beauty of this game because it is stunning. So either play it on PlayStation if you have a middling PC or upgrade your fucking PC. You're going to have to. Yeah, otherwise your PC is going to say no. But Spence, I know you haven't touched a Forbidden West before, have you? You haven't touched a a Horizon. You didn't play Zero Dawn. Now, with this coming to PC, and I know you've just invested in a shit-hot laptop to do some editing, could this be a possibility? Uh, I'll tell you what. I played maybe like 12 hours of uh, Zero Dawn. It was fun. It was fine. It's not really my kind of game uh, for some reason. It was, it was fine. I just got distracted, I think. Uh, the issue is, my laptop, definitely not running it. Not Forbidden West. Not a chance. Not in anything that's beautiful. And I'm not playing it on a 16-inch screen. Not a game of that caliber. Fuck me. If if I was to get to this game, it's PS5. Why, why would I go away from the PS5, you know? Such a, such a little beast of a machine. Not a chance. But the option is there if I wanted to. And that is nice. I could play it on the go without a shitty PS4. Do you reckon it'd be Steam Deck certified? Oh, that's a fucking hot question. Take it on the go. That'd be nice. Well, people are rumoring the Steam Deck 2. Wow. Apparently, already. You've got the OLEDs out at the moment, and it, it's very popular. It sold like absolute hotcakes. And to be honest, it, it reignited my flame under my Steam Deck, and I've been doing quite a lot of, of Steam Decking. So to have something like that out there would, would be brilliant to be able to play it on there, fully optimised to be able to play it. But uh, yeah. yeah, looking forward to that news on Steam Deck too. Maybe we'll have to do a, a sidecast about uh, PC games at some point, Spence. <laughs> Hell yeah, mate. Hell yeah. Anyway, moving this on, I think we're swinging it back around to you, Spence, actually. Quick news. And now you might notice it's a bit of a sombre quick news, and that's because I've got some sombre news coming your way. Last episode alone, I mentioned one of my most anticipated games. The Last Ronin. 
And now we have some sour news around that game. Black Forest Games, the developer of it, and the recent Destroy All Humans remakes, has reportedly lost half its employees with around the layoffs. A headcount in 2023 suggests that the team had 110 staff, meaning that roughly 55 workers have been cut. Fuck me. And this was one of my most anticipated games. I am devastated by this news. And it's just, again, with the layoffs. Again. Do we even want to go in-depth on this? We've gone in-depth on the layoffs so many times. Uh, I, I mean, it's, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because... Like right now, there's the huge, huge hot ticket news, and we're not really reporting it on this because I think it's more of an Xbox thing. But like you hear about the the sheer scale of layoffs that are happening over in Activision Blizzard now that the merger's gone through with Microsoft, right? And that's just fucking nuts. Like I was reading a tweet from someone at Sledgehammer mm. saying that like their entire QA team was just gone. There was just one guy left out of like staff of thirty, and that's like one like over a thousand jobs gone. You know, like, I think it was 11% of their entire workforce just cut. Fuck me. And you think, sure, like, there's going to be some crossover with Microsoft with the with the swap over, right? But, like, <clears throat> this is just absolutely insane to me. Like, Embracer, who are the people that, um, that, that own Black Forest Games, they've been cutting, like, this fucking no tomorrow. Like, e- they seem to just be cutting everything back. And it's just... A, it's, it just doesn't make much sense to me, like how gaming could be so profitable. And sure, development costs are so high, right? And you've got to hit. If you don't hit, you're gone, right? Like mm. that's that's the reality of modern game development. You've just got to have a winning game, right? But this sheer amount of layoffs we've had over this past like 18 months has been fucking insane. It's been absolutely insane. And I, I do really feel for the studio, but I think there's something fucking broken yeah. in gaming at the moment. I honestly, I don't know what it is. I don't know if people are just putting out too much or they're not setting budgets correctly or they're just putting too many games to go green light. And then when they either don't hit their milestones, they're not coming out on time. It puts the publisher in a really bad position. I don't know what it is. I I believe it's probably mismanagement rather than like the state of the industry but it does get you wondering that there's something fucked at the minute you know this just is far too common all the time i don't know what you're feeling about it phil Ah, the list just goes on and on and on like my twitter feed is full of rioters you know not rioting but people who worked for riot um being cut uh, as as part of this this movement at the moment where a lot of people within the video games industry seem to be losing their jobs and i'm avoiding my twitter twitter feed at the moment because uh, the traitors is on tv and i'm i don't want to see any spoilers but uh no my twitter <laughs> feed is literally full with people losing their jobs because i follow so many development companies within the video game space but spence i don't know if you've cursed this one because it was only last episode that you mentioned you wanted some news on the last Ronin. You asked, and we have received, and unfortunately, it's a big fat turd. 110 to 55, that has got to hurt. But so I've been reading, uh, the directors and the managers, they're, they're all keeping their jobs. So good on them. 
I think it's the you know it, it's the it's the workers that are are really suffering there. I'm just glad I'm a manager these days because if they ever hit my industry, I think I'd be safe. Anyway, it is really sad news, but because of the turtles, it was a really interesting story. It absolutely bangs, and I think it would make a great game. It's just really sad that I think this is probably going to have a detrimental effect on the outcome for this one. Yeah, it definitely will. I mean, I'm not sure if you boys have read The Last Ronin, but it is a fantastic comic with a brilliant story. And it would, it really would make the perfect game. It would be awesome. So hopefully the game stays alive is what I'm hoping for now. Because as much as this sucks, horrible blow to the devs, hopefully this doesn't lead to a cancelled game especially not a game like this because every tmnt game we've had in the past has been what movie tie-in uh, other than like a beat-em-up game yeah any actual 3d tools games are all just movie tie-ins just chuck them out this is this is a game that has promise so it'd be really sad news but it's embracer yeah there's no way of knowing at the moment like they're so volatile there's so many layoffs so many studio closures I think anyone tied to Embracer at the moment is fucking just holding on for dear life. Who knows, man? Like, I, I hope it's not cancelled. I mean, that's all we can do. Yeah, we just hope. We'll just hope. Uh, but Davey, over to you for our next bit of news. So our, our next bit of news, and this is a, a nice bit of news. So we're going to bring it up a little bit, all right? We're going to bring it up. Street Fighter Six. The game that went into all of our best games of last year and the game that me and Spence cannot put down at the moment, we got a new character coming. Now, we already knew that the last two characters for this round of DLC is Akuma and Ed, but it's been kind of radio silent on when we're going to see these characters. We've had the first teaser trailer for Ed. Woo! Making his return from Street Fighter V. A character that I know literally nothing about because I dropped Street Fighter V by the time Ed was even released. His teaser trailer looks sick. It looks really fucking good. And it's coming out in February. Now, the thing is, guys, do you think it's coming before or after the Capcom Cup? Because that is taking place on February 24th, the weekend of, of that weekend. Do they dare release him before? And then they'd obviously have to ban him for Capcom Cup, I'd imagine, unless somebody really felt strong enough to go in with a brand new box fresh character for Capcom Cup, which would be nuts. It's not unheard of. Aki. Yeah. Not uh, Aki. Not uh, Rashid. Aki. Yeah. It's not unheard of just before a big tournament, right? And they and they've kept him going and they said, Yeah, <laughs> if you want to bring him out to Evo, sure, you know, do do your best, right? It's not unheard of, but I want to know what you think. And are you excited by Ed's reveal trailer? Phil, let's come across to you first. Am I excited? I'm very excited about this, and I think this is something that's going to bring me back in. Seeing those, seeing that cycle coming through, that long-awaited character, that, not that we've all been waiting for, because I'm the same as you. I dipped from Street Fighter Five, and I, I don't really know who Ed is. But I've, I've seen him around on Twitter. I, I know what his character model looks like. But when I saw that reveal, He's got really, really emo, hasn't he? It was like looking in a mirror for when I was 20-something and I was rocking the big fringe. I wasn't blonde, but, you know, I kind of had that look going on. And that move that he threw out at the end, I don't ever remember seeing webs coming out of him. Is that a new thing for Ed? I don't know. But the trailer basically consists of him saving your... 
I don't know, user-generated character on the train as he's getting beaten up by a couple of thugs wearing boxes on their heads. Now, I played a lot of the single player of Street Fighter just to feel out the game, sort of trial it, because I knew you two boys would have just bypassed that part of the game and not really given it a full review when we came to talk about it on the podcast. So I dived in and I always thought they looked ridiculous. Now, guys listeners viewers make sure you watch that trailer even if you're not into street fire because it's pretty funny they just look absolutely stupid but to answer your question davy is he going to be released before the capcom cup i don't think so this time i think it was a mistake with rashid i think he's going to be banned well he's not even going to be released he'll be released at the event i think on stage they're going to open it up and they'll be like here we go here's ed right he's a playable character you can go out and have you know, some training, you can have some one-on-ones, you can have a couple of sets with your mates live at the event, and then it's released worldwide to everybody at that point. But I think it'd be banned for the actual event to play competitively. Great, great theory. Really enjoy it. What about yourself, Spence? What are you thinking? Oh, for me, like yourselves, I'm not familiar with Ed. I mean, I never really hopped on the Street Fighter Five train. I left Street Fighter in 4. Good. And yeah, I wasn't really a part of 4 too much either, regretfully. Um Street Fighter 6 is kind of my first dive into Street Fighter. My first actual go. What a good go it is. Oh, baby. But Ed, I mean, yeah, emo is shit. I don't know what's happened to him. And those psycho powers, I believe, are akin to Bison's. Mm. Um, just kind of works in a different way. He's a, he's a rapidly enhanced clone. So mm. he's, he's grown from him. He's like seven or something. He's seven? Yeah, he might even be younger than that. He might be like five or something. But he's a rapidly growth clone. Damn. There we are. Street Fighter lore for you. Yeah, there we go. A bit of lore. Do I think he will come before or after Capcom Cup? I think he'll come before. Ooh. I think he'll come maybe like a week, two weeks before Capcom Cup. So he will come prematurely. (laughs) When is Capcom Cup? (laughs) 24th. 24th of February. That weekend. In a month. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Spence didn't get that one, did he? Flew straight over. It's one for the adults. Yeah. You know, like when you used to watch like a Ren and Stimpy cartoon and they used to like throw things in there and the mum and dads would go, ha, 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 ha. But and the kids yeah. would go, oh, it's just Ren and Stimpy. This is just dumb fun. It's one of those. Yeah, Carry on, Spence. That's all right. That's all right, lads. Yeah, I think he comes early. Yeah, <laughs> say it again. <laughs> I think he does. Um, just before Capcom Cup, and I think he's playable in Capcom Cup. But I think they need to release him at least a week and a half, two weeks before, because they were hot as shit on Rashid's fixes. He had a broken level two for about three days, and they mm. fixed it. It was really quick how fast they patched him and got him into actual good condition, and then he was allowed for the tournament as well. I think they'll do the exact same thing, and then at Capcom Cup is where we see a teaser and gameplay of Akuma. Oh, fuck. Fuck. I think that's... I. Do you know what? I I'm in two minds, right? I kind of agree. I agree with you. I think that they're going to show Akuma at Capcom Cup. Mm. I think it's different. I think they're building us up for Ed, and they're going to do a dual release. They're both out. Both out Capcom Cup. I think they both literally on stage. They say both characters for season one released today get huge pop, and they say here's what's coming in season two. And they showed the season two, so we know what to expect for the next year across for towards the next Capcom Cup. Oof. I think it's a double. I reckon it's a double whammy for characters. And then here's everyone else. 
we've been looking for something to put a shot on because I th think we all think quite differently on this one. I think he'll be released there, Spencer reckons beforehand, and you're going for the double release, which I think is absolutely ludicrous because I think Akuma has got the biggest pull out of probably all of the rogues gallery of Street Fighter. I don't think he needs ed to hype him up in any way for people to be interested i think they could do anything and get literally every street fighter player interested when akuma comes out so ludicrous on that one but hey if you want to slay yourself for a shot in episode 90 let's go for it i'm just thinking imagine the pop where they're like they show the trailer for ed and everyone's like hey and they're like he's released today and then all of a sudden you see like a new challenger and then it's just like Die one thousand Akuma. deaths. Yeah, it's just Akuma because Amazon. Like, oh fuck! Raging demons, freaking Ed. And then everyone's like going nuts, and they're like, also out today. Everyone's like, oh! going nuts, right? That's how I imagine it's going to happen. And that's That'd exactly how I imagine. Ima imagine all the Ed fans. Oh yeah, they, yeah. There's, there's got to be some, right? They, <laughs> you know, they're excited about that character. Just completely overshadow him with another yeah. character that's the most popular character in Street Fighter, or one of. One of. But I can't really see it happening. Getting that, I love like a double Bro, surprise imagine like that. It's so poor sick. Capcom Cup venue. It'd be nuts. It's getting trashed. It'd be nuts. Everyone'd be going wild. Bro. And then like that would be so hype. And then, yeah, that that's the end of my prediction is that. I reckon that exact kind of thing happens. And then if we don't see season two, then we see it either. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I agree with Phil. Let's make a bet on this. So for mine, I think Ed is premature. And then they show gameplay and teaser for Akuma, but he's not released at Capcom Cup. Okay. But I would be inclined to say they all show season two. And say Akuma's out this day. He is what follows. Well, let's keep it. Let's keep it simple. Let's keep it to. Let's keep it character based. Let's keep it to, Ed's before, those Akuma's and shown on Akuma the shown. Phil saying, Ed's at the event. At the event, not playable within the competitive space, and I'm going no for Akuma for this one. And I go for the double, <sighs> available on the day. Okay, we got ourselves a bet, ladies and gentlemen. We will find out in a couple of episodes' time. Because it is only a month away for the Capcom Cup. And by God, it's going to be a fun old weekend, that one. Whew, cannot wait. But that's enough on Street Fighter with us jizzing our loads. Let's move it over to yourself, Mr. Hoy. Let's have your second piece. Okay, here we go for number two out of three. So, Davey, cast your mind back. We played a little game, and I think, Spencer, you joined in. We played a little game called Callisto Protocol. Boo. Now, this game... <laughs> <laughs> it didn't hit correctly for the vast majority of players. And then there was some fallout with striking distance, wasn't there? Lots of people left the studio. Lots of disruption there because the game didn't really go as well as, you know, we, we had hoped. I suppose it got overshadowed uh, by Dead Space. And we're all asking questions. What's going to happen to Callisto Protocol? Are striking distance dead in the water out in space? Dead space? Dead in space. <laughs> <laughs> but I've got some news for you guys. I've got some good news about people who are pro 
about the future of Striking Distance. They are looking for a lead gameplay animator, okay? So they are employing. We've had all the boo-hoos about all these development companies getting rid of staff, showing them out the door, all the managing directors going, ha, 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 on their big payloads after the year end. They're all getting their bonuses and they're just whipping everybody out that's done all the work, laughing their way to the bank. But Striking Distance are different. Okay, they put out a shit game, but these guys, <laughs> they're expanding. And they're expanding with a new hire for a lead gameplay animator. So guys, what does this mean for the future of Striking Distance? Is this Callisto Protocol 2? Could this be the future that we've all kind of dreamed about? I suppose me a little bit more than you guys, but come on, Callisto 2. Let's realize the dream. Or could this be a brand new IP for Striking Distance? And where would you like to see them go? Now, Spencer, I'm going to come over to you first with this one, purely because I know, Dave, you've got some very strong views about Striking Distance. So you can have a go later. Spence. Sure, mate. So I did play Callisto. I played it maybe three hours, if that. It was just I, it's just a bit boring throughout it, really. I mean, the combat is just weird. It's just a weird way to have gone about the combat. It was fine. It worked fine. I did enjoy it enough, but just not enough to give it the time to beat, I guess. Um, in regards to Striking Distance, what I hope they do, hopefully it's not a sequel, because I don't want to have to play all of Callisto. <laughs> hopefully it's a new <laughs> IP. Because then I just don't need to. And that's what I'd like to see. Also, granted, they were Dead Space devs that moved over. It'd be nice to see what else they can do. Rather than sticking with the formula of Dead Space. I'd like to see them try something out the box. Because that might be kind of where they get in. And where they find their niche. Because I'm not a fan of the take they did with Dead Space. And granted, they just released it an awful time. The same time as Dead Space? Well, a few months before, came out in like the, when was it, like the October, November? Dead Space was out in the Jan. Yeah, but it's... It was looming though, wasn't it? Everyone was hyped for Dead Space and then Callisto came out and it wasn't Dead Space. No. So that's what it was really. I think if Dead Space wasn't on the horizon, Callisto would have been looked with a different lens and people would have liked it a lot more. But then Dead Space came out, so... I'm hoping for a new IP. That's what I'd really like to see because I don't want to have to play Callisto because I'll just play Dead Space again. Okay, that teases up nicely for your view, Davey. Here we go. I'll mute you now so I don't have to listen to you. <laughs> Punch down. That's poor striking distance. They're employing, mate. Come on. Uh, Please help well, them. They had to fucking employ because they've binned off half this studio because everyone fucking left. So Glenn Schofield's gone, uh, who was the creative lead, the the studio director, everyone else, the the father of Dead Space. And that is good news for Striking Distance because I think Glenn, unfortunately, is a bit of a one-trick pony. I think that he had the same ideas again, but then just couldn't quite find the magic source. It had all the right kind of things. It had the, the great visual design, the the diegetic design of dead space which you know the the health bars and all that are all tied into the character so there's no hard all that stuff was there unfortunately it was just too similar in the story aspect the story was pretty much the same as dead space except shit it just wasn't done as well in any way shape or form i'm hoping now with striking distance that what they've realized is that sure they can have and put all their resources into a high-fidelity game. G 
gameplay needs to be king. And if they if they've learned that lesson from Callisto, because the gameplay just wasn't very good in any way, the melee combat was skin deep, and all they've done over the last year since it was released is tone it down and make it even worse than it was on launch. They haven't improved it, they made it worse. If they come at this with a fresh idea, distant from what came before, and they really cracked a new way to experience a horror game, or if not, if they go back to the well, but just make it fucking good, they could be onto something. The The most exciting horror games for me in modern times are the ones that recapture what came before in the old school era. So recapture Silent Hill, a game that can't be mentioned. Like Echoes, Echoes of the Living is a game that I'm really watching with close eyes. I've actually contributed to their GoFundMe for the game uh, the other day because it just looks sick. So good. Coming out to PC and PlayStation later on this year. Q1 release. And it's just old school game that can't be mentioned. Really is. They could go back to that and put a like a really fresh coat of paint on it. We loved Tormented Souls, right? For its old school aesthetic. If it had that but a big budget, it's going to fucking win. Like, it can't lose at that point. Sure, it'd be a niche audience, but you're not then looking for the multi, you know, like tens of millions of sales. You're looking for if it breaks a million, it's done fucking great. Mm. And they could really harness that niche. But if they chase the the big top level like they did with Callisto, then they need to hit on every single avenue. Whereas they could really concentrate on just gameplay and having decent visuals. And that would be enough to find success in this space. You're not going to compete with Capcom. You know, ain't going to compete with Bloober Team. You need to find somewhere a little bit lower. And I think that they can take some risks if it was on that lower level rather than trying to chase this Hollywood level aesthetic, which then has really skin deep gameplay. And that's where they fell down before. So I think that with Glenn Schofield leaving, it's good news for the team. It means that they get some fresh ideas in there. They're not rehashing what came before. And I really want a new IP from them. Well, we all learn from our mistakes, don't we, Davey, right? How did you know the pan on the cooker was hot? It's because you reached up, you touched that pan, and you burnt your little hands, didn't you? Did you ever touch that pan again? No. So I agree with you. I really do. I hope it is a new IP. Because Callisto Protocol, unfortunately, as much as I personally quite enjoyed this game, it was a baptism of motherfucking fire for them. And it shot right up their ass. And I hope they can turn this energy around now and put it out as a positive for the studio. They're going to have another crack at the whip. But I feel this is their last chance. I'm saying this to you, Strike and Distance. This is your last chance. We give you one. Otherwise, you're gone. And we'll be reporting on another studio closing, which I don't want to do. It's all doom and gloom on this podcast. We want some hype moments. Come on, smash out the park with a 9 out of 10. They don't, they don't want to be on your list, do they, Phil? You added everyone to your list last week. They don't want to be on your list as well. What was that? Greg's, McDonald's, you know, the list goes on and on. I'm like bloody Chris Jericho. I tell you, I drop wrestling quotes and nods and winks all the way through these podcasts is all wasted on you boys hopefully when lewis pops back later in the show he'll have heard some of these and he'll be like oh yeah phil is a wrestling fan a big wrestling fan <laughs> anyway davy that'll all make sense when you get to the topic uh moving this on davy 
last uh, quick news of the show from you. Quick news. Now, I have some terrible news. In the UK, we have a store called Game. You guys in America, you have GameStop or whatever the fuck you guys have over there. We have Game. We keep it easy. We name our stores what they are. Go to Greg's, you're getting a Greg's. You're getting a Baker's, right? Go to Game, you're buying a Game. Go, buy, go to Tesco, you're getting a Tesco. Well, I know, it doesn't really work other than Game, does it? No, literally no, nothing no, else. No, it fell apart immediately. Yeah. Anyway, Game is like our biggest retailer for games in the UK. And there's been some terrible news that have come out there. Now, I got this from a Push Square article, and it's that staff at a UK video game retailer, Game, have told Eurogamer the outlet won't be accepting physical game trade-ins from next month, starting the 16th of February, my fucking birthday. It's not only does Skull and Bones come out on my birthday, (laughs) which already shits on my 35th year, now Game aren't taking fucking pre-owned games from people anymore. So what they're saying is they will still sell the pre-owned stock they have, but they will not replenish it. So as soon as it's gone, it's gone. Now, before I get your guys' take on this, I reached out to the audience, like I do uh, on the night of recording every single time we record the show, and asked for your questions. And No Fate has written in. Let's hit the jingle. There once was a show some time ago The last four questions every fortnight or so It became so rare they weren't prepared to have a personal rhyme Oh god, I'm scrambling now to get a word that rhymes So how can I wrap this up? I'll take this mail and go No Fate has written in saying Since game stores stopped taking in used games What effect do you think this will have on the ecosystem? Or do you see an opportunity for someone else to step in on the used games market? Can we see used games become more expensive slash collectibles? Guys, what do you think? First off, what do you think about the news? And then secondly, let's answer No Fate's question. Phil Hoy, the fine wine. Let's hear your take. Yeah, yeah. This one's a difficult pill to swallow, this one. Because I've always been an advocate for the physical when it comes to games. I've got a huge array of video games behind me. If we ever angled the camera slightly higher, you would see it goes all the way up to my ceiling full of games. So to see that opportunity now that I have lesson where I can buy sort of secondhand games, it's, it's, it's not the nicest thing to read. But then I think to myself, have I ever gone into game and bought a secondhand game? The answer is probably no. I wouldn't ever go in-game and think, I'm going to buy sack. It doesn't scream to me. Probably some of the listeners, probably some of the viewers out there may have gone in and, and bought second-hand games and traded second-hand games. That's not really what I do. I, I tend to just pay pay for a game and then keep it forever, and it just sits on the shelf. If I played it or if I haven't, it just sits there. And I, and I like to have that within, within my collection. But I know gamers has been changing its sort of market quite a lot because there's quite a few around Bristol where I live and one of the local ones set up this big kind of land section to their to their setup and I remember going in there maybe a few weeks back probably a few months back and and that had disappeared so I know they are rapidly trying to find out what works and what sticks within the video games industry you know it was only a few episodes ago we were talking about the decline of the physical and video games companies opting out of selling their media physically 
So I think game are kind of in that transition at the moment of kind of trying to discover what works and what doesn't. You know, someone's looked at the figures and I think this is just probably the next thing to fall because, as I, as I said earlier, you know, I wouldn't have thought of game as the place to go for my secondhand games. You know, for me, it's, it's always been eBay or, or CEX. I have a CEX probably 10 minutes down the road. And whenever I go and have a haircut, I always wander in there and probably end up spending more money on a secondhand game than I do on my haircut. And, you know, I like to look good. So I spend a fair amount of money in CEX. So I would never go to game, really. So for this going, it's sad news to hear. But for me personally, it's not going to affect me. What about yourself, Spence? Uh, for me, I don't even think this is news. I think this isn't even worth us talking about. This is, game has never been the place for it. As much as, sure, when you were a kid and there wasn't really CX or sex as it is pronounced, but no one does CX. Um, it's just, I don't think I've traded in games to game since PS2 era. Mm. If not, actually, I remember the last time. It was just after... Uh, the Wolverine game had come out. What game? The Wolverine. Yeah. Yeah. Great game. Origins. Explain Origins, Origins Wolverine. Origins Wolverine, yeah. Yeah, great game. Sick game. I beat it in two days. So I bought it full price, took it back to game two days later with all my other games. They gave me £2 for it. Fucking robbery. £2. Two days after it had released. And they were selling it for what? 40 50 40 at the time. £2 they gave me. Outrageous. But that's what happened. I haven't taken games there since. It's always CEX or just Facebook Marketplace exists. The thing is, with, with something like this, no one uses them anymore anyway because you sell your games for really cheap and then they charge extra high for people to buy them back. Whereas Facebook Marketplace, someone's paying less than they would at game and you're making more than you would selling it to game. It's no reason to go to an outlet for something like this anymore because you can just communicate in so many different ways and sell privately. I don't even think this is news. I don't know when the last time anyone sold the game was. You have got to look out in the UK, though, if you are selling too many things over a marketplace because you should be paying tax when you meet a, th a certain threshold. And it's been massively in the news over the last couple of months. All these people making loads of money on vintage, selling their second-hand clothes, are getting whacked with a big tax bill. So if you are selling your games on uh, Facebook and uh, you know all, all these online marketplaces, just make sure it's either cash in hand or uh, you're smart about it, all right? Thanks for the tax advice there, Phil. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, it's just this competition now. CEX exists. And CEX just does it better than game always has. It's, it's what CEX is. Whereas game is usually where I'd go to get a new game. CEX is literally built on secondhand. But every, every single thing they sell is secondhand, even if they charge you 550 quid for a PS5, which is how much they cost, or more than they cost. Mm. But... Game isn't the place for this, so this news it means nothing to me. I think this news, the reason why this is such a such a good thing, and we'll, we'll, no fear, I'll, I'll come on to answer your question in a moment, is that there's, there's a lot going on at the moment in the physical media space in terms of there's, there's just a lot of things that are happening. There's a lot of stores in America that we were reporting on a few episodes ago. I think it was Walmart where they said they're not stocking physical games anymore. You mm. think, fuck, okay, that's a warning sign. And then you think about this now with used games where they're not going to be taking them. Shit, that's another warning sign. The disparity between 
uh, physical and digital purchases. It has been a long running warning sign. You know, there's so many little blows here that just keep on coming towards used games. But when it comes to game itself stopping it, I completely agree with both of you. The last time I traded in a game, and it wasn't really even meaning to trade in a game, but I had no option because they fucked me over, was I bought about it, and I spoke about this game on the podcast before, but I bought this game that I played the demo for, and it was sick on PS3, where you had this like glaive that you pulled out of your arm and you threw and you controlled it, right? Remember I spoke about this before. I can't remember the name of the game for the life of me at the Haze. moment. It wasn't Haze. Haze, oh, first-person shooter. That's what I thought it was. Before. No, it wasn't oh, Haze. Um... Dark Sector? Dark Sector, fucking hell, what a great memory. How the fuck do you remember that? I played it, mate. I played that game. God, that game was shit. (laughs) I pre-ordered it, bought it, took it home, played it for about three hours, and I thought, fuck this fucking game. Took it back on the same day I'd bought it, with the receipt, and they said, sorry, you've opened it. I was like, but it's shit. (laughs) And they were like, yeah, sorry, you're going to have to put it in as a trade-in. And for a brand new game, I pay like 40 quid. I got like 20 for it on the same fucking day that it came out. And I was like, fuck this. Now, I've never really traded in games ever since PS2. Because mm. on PS2, I was like earning, I was on paper round. And so I had like no money and it was the only way I could do it. So I keep all the best games, like keep PsyOps, keep Metal Gear Solid, you know, all those, trade everything else in. So my PS2 catalog down there is really small yeah. compared to my PS1, my PS3, PS4, etc. and so on. But I'm the same as you guys. I when I'm Whenever I go into game, which is very rare because their prices are fucking extortionate, I do have a look around to see if there's like a little golden nugget, if there's something there that's snuck in. And generally, it's just all copies of FIFA yeah, and COD, right? Those seem to be the games that are always there. Uh, probably a Dark Sector copy. Um, I'm mostly CEX, same as you guys. Yeah. And when I'm looking for a game, like say I'm looking like I'm reviewing something on PS2 or PS3, whatever, I'll always, first place I'll go is I'll go on to CEX and see what they're selling it for because then they can ship it either to your home address or to a store. Mm. So it may be stored in, it may be there's one copy of the game that can't be mentioned outbreak, but it's in Liverpool. No bother. Just get it shipped down to your local store. So good. Like, they're so good at being able to keep these old games still accessible. And sure, the ones that are worth something, like you get an original, like, PS1 version of Silent Hill and Perfect Nick, you know, like, that's they, they mark that up as, like, 300 quid, right? Mm. Fucking ridiculous price. But at least there's an opportunity for you to get it. And it's a nationwide store where people are trading in from all over, and it's on online... Uh, repository that you can then say oh yeah do you know i'm gonna get that i'm gonna put the money down i'm gonna buy it it works so well so i think game stopping isn't the big news if something like cx was like yeah we don't do this anymore oh yeah that would be fucking devastating news that would be that would crush me but yeah i think that's that's where we go with that cx still sells dvds yeah they're not getting rid of games mate are they and VHSs, yeah, you can buy it all in there. Buy a friend's box set on VHS. Man, I've seen loads of UNDs. I don't think we're close to a reality where CEX just goes, do you know what, video games, fuck them off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, hopefully, don't, you know. But let's, let's go That's back to... That's not Temp Fate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely don't Temp Fate. So let's go to No Fate's question here. He said, since they've stopped, ta- since game have stopped taking in used games, what effect do you think this will have on the ecosystem? 
I can imagine from what we said, no impact whatsoever. Because CX is there. Yeah. Yeah. Are we all in agreement on that one? I think the ecosystem is changing. I don't think this specific news has impacted the ecosystem. Hmm. Uh, do you agree with that, Phil? No, not 100%. I have to be honest. I, I don't believe it'll have no effect because game is a big name, okay? And there will be a contingent uh, of people out there that, that regularly go into game and trade games up to buy further games. I've been in there many times just browsing as you do as you walk past. And you see people going in, their mums and dads, and they're there. Oh, we got to get rid of Billy's old, you know, Xbox to get the new version of Starfield. Oh, cannot wait to get that home and play. You know, you, you see those people out there or the newest version of FIFA. I've really got to get that. So just because us three don't go into game and trade up games these days i don't think we speak for the vast majority and i'm, I'm quickly understanding that more and more and more i think we are a very specific area of video games i'm not sure we talk for the complete entirety of people who who consume games so i think this will have an effect on the market because as i said they're a big name and they are dipping out of uh the market now is it going to increase prices? I, d I don't really believe that because obviously you've still got the bigger players, which is CEX and eBay, I suppose. And those sort of mirror each other. So I've got a little story. I went into CEX and I was looking at Alan Wake and I, I, I saw it in there because I wanted to take your recommendation from a previous show to play the original Alan Wake before I played Alan Wake 2. So I thought I'd go into CEX, see how much the remaster is went in there and saw it uh, i think it was 20 something pounds and i thought Ooh, you know that's 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 affordable i think I'll, I'll probably pick that up and and get on it right and i went for my haircut and i looked on ebay and i was seeing alan wake on there for thousands of pounds right there was a couple of chances out there that are just putting things out there but generally as you started to scroll through ebay you started to see more and more between the 20 and 30 pound mark so i think those two ecosystems very much mirror each other i don't think game really has too much impact on if the prices are going to go higher or lower but i do like the other section of what no fate had to say there that other idea of leaving a gap in the market for someone to scoot in and sort of mop that up almost buy the back catalog and open up maybe an online store or something else is a bit of a competitor to be able to get that 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 group of stock those older games to be able to sell so i i see there is an opportunity there because chaos is a ladder at the end of the day, boys. We know this from Game of Thrones. When shit starts going down, there's someone there who's got a better way of doing it. And that's all it takes. That little gap and they'll squirrel their way in and make some big bucks. But overall, I don't think it's going to affect the pricing. I just think it leaves an opportunity for someone to come in and disrupt the market. Change it, switch it up, make it better. Well, thank you for thank you for your thoughts, sir. I mean, I, before I hand it over to yourself, Spence, I... Don't know if I agree with you, Phil. I think that the market's full. I think CEX does the job. I think when you got CEX, like you mentioned earlier, Spence, you know, directs consumer to consumer when it comes to like Facebook Marketplace, eBay. That's all you need. Mm. I don't think there's, if somebody else came in, what are they offering that CEX doesn't do? It would just be they'd be battling them on price, which then does work better for us, right? And that would help. But then you're talking more than stock being an issue. 
And how do you enough, how do you have enough when people have been trading in CEX for years or selling them direct to each other? I don't know. I think it's a messy a messy place for someone to step into. That is, you'd be stepping into a dying ecosystem. Like I think as much as we don't want to admit it here, we got maybe one gen left of physical and it's over. I think that I'm surprised this gen that it wasn't all digital. They could have done it and it would have pissed people off. They could have done it. And now we're seeing publishers take the stance and they're releasing Alan Wake direct to digital. There's no other way to get it. People kick off, yeah. Does it stop game sales? No, I doubt it. You know, it it sucks. I don't want to accept that fate either, but I think that we're literally a few years away from a full digital ecosystem. I don't want to see that fate either, but that's the reality, I, I believe. So I, I don't think that there is an opportunity for somebody else to step in. And I can't see you use games becoming more expensive because there are ways for people to be able to still sell them to each other at a reasonable price. And the market speaks. Nobody's going to buy a used game for close to phys close to what it is on a digital level. You have to price down from that. Otherwise, there's no reason for someone to buy it off you. They'll just buy it digital. So I, I think those two things will keep each other in check. And that's why it's not going to become more of a thing than that. I don't know your thoughts on it, Spence. Honestly, it's a shame, but I'm in complete agreement because just the other day I was looking at my stars rewards and I've got 30 quid in points just from buying and playing games and doing challenges. And it's like, why don't I just get everything digital and keep racking up my points? And I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, why am I buying physical games? And ultimately it's because it's usually a bit cheaper and that is nice. But in terms of secondhand used games and stuff, I don't know. The prices aren't going to go up, like you said. There's too many ways that you communicate with people and buy stuff um, privately. I think I also completely agree with what you said, which is the market's full. I think no way is someone going to come in and try to compete with CEX, Facebook Marketplace, eBay, all those retailers that are already just killing it with what they're doing. DK Oldies sells really old um, refurbished tech and games. Yeah, the market's full. I don't see we'll see much change for a while, but I, like you said, I really expect us to one day be showing our kids and used to put the disc in the game. Yeah, rather than download it. Thing, who the buys whoa. who buys CDs now? Like, I know that LPs are a thing, and that's like the collectible version of that, and that's like your way to really like show off and say you got a big fucking dick. Oh, I got an LP. I got it on LP. It's like, yeah, but you're a fucking small minority right i'm not talking to yourself specifically phil there's lots of people that have <laughs> lps right my dad's one of them he's still been having LPs. a go at me all episodes no so no this is a slide dig you know not. i just got a record for my you know my birthday off my brother for my favorite band but and this now you're is throwing that in my face this, this is the thing though you you get it for and i'm the same i'd look at buying an lp for something that i really enjoy right like uh, i'd get trivium ascendancy my favorite album of all time get that on lp i really want that done get it signed by you know matt heafy and all the guys and have that there right but then will i then think to myself oh i'm gonna listen to that lp no i'll just go on fucking spotify because it's on my phone right like it's just so easy and convenience ultimately does win out. And as much as we're, we've managed to resist it more than like any other medium I can think of, like books, I suppose, are still doing okay. Mm. And they're working alongside Kindle, right? For, for having a digital copy. But for a game, there's no benefit 
for me putting a physical disc. There's literally, there's no fucking benefit. No. At least for book, you've got the feel, the tactile feel of a book. And there is something nice about that. Whereas a game, there's no fucking difference other than I'm just putting an extra step in my way and I choose to do that. That's the issue. The issue with that is just how games have evolved over time. Back in the day, you pop a disc in, it's ready. Now, if you think I've got shit internet, so I'll buy it physically, you still have to install the game. It's not helping you at all. Yeah, there's no there's no benefit to it. There's but, zero benefit nowadays. But, but we still do it. The industry itself is forcing it on us with Call of Duty being, what, 20 meg on the disc, which just allows you to download the entire game. Collector's editions giving you digital copies instead of physical. The entire medium is pushing in this direction. Yeah, it's tapped. You, you think we, we've taken this... You, you and me have gone down this route now for digital and physical. We've had the same idea. And partly because I suppose we both... Then if we buy digital, we we pay half price essentially, right? Yeah. But we've taken the stance that for anything that's like a game that's going to be on cycle, like your Street Fighters, even Helldivers I've done this for now, anything that's going to be installed for a long time that I'm going to want to go back to in between other bigger experiences, buy digital. Because it just saves the fucking faff. Yeah. And we could be like, oh, like COD. COD was the first one we did it for. Oh, let's go digital on COD because then we, we could just, if we're playing something else and you want five minutes, yeah, I'll just boot up COD. You don't have to take the disc out. And we, we've taken the half step. How long will it be before we unintentionally step into an all digital future? Maybe a year, maybe two. I can see that myself, unfortunately, moving away from what I've got up there and my full physical game collection and just going digital. And it fucking sucks. It's sad. It's actually sad. It gets me really sad. But convenience is just so fucking good. Yeah. And it does suck. And it, and it takes away the chance that people will be able to protect games and they get taken off the store and then you can't ever get them ever again. License expires. You can't get them. And that fucking sucks. It's horrible. Convenience ultimately wins out, though. Isn't it weird that I accept digital PC games, but I can't accept digital PlayStation games? Yeah. That's so weird. Like, I go on Steam and I buy games and, like, I don't give a fuck, right? And I'm just happy to do that because I know Steam's going to be there forever. Like, I remember when Steam was green, right? It's been around forever, right? And it's always been installed on my computer. So I trust it. Is it me that doesn't trust PlayStation? Maybe. I don't know because... Digital, the problem with having a digital kind of like storage of games is if that disappears, but PlayStation isn't going to disappear. Why do I distrust that? I don't know. Maybe we'll have to unpack that. I'll, I'll speak to my therapist about that one. It, it could be a hang up from PS3, mate. You know, like we can't access any of that library. So all it takes is another stupid fucking decision from Sony, which I can't ever see happening now going forward, mind you. But it could be that. It could be a hang up from that. You just never know. Fuck knows. As you said, therapy is probably a good idea. <laughs> no fear. I really hope we've answered your question there fully. Audience, I'd love to unpack your thoughts on this when it comes to digital X physical debate. We kind of spun off from No Fate's question here and gone a lot further into this than I assumed we would do. But I think it sparked up even more conversation we can have. If you've got any other further questions on this, don't hesitate to reach out to us. Let us know. But let's move on to the next piece of quick news. Quick news. So for my next bit of news for you guys, I am going to be unveiling the most downloaded PSVR 2 games in 2023. Now, there are three lists here, US, Canada, EU, and Japan. I think we're just going to do EU 
Yeah. Makes the most sense. Yeah, we're, we're from the EU. Yeah, exactly. Well, well we were. Post-Brexit. Yeah, yeah. Post-Brexit, yeah. fuck it, fuck you. <laughs> Those foreigners. Are... <laughs> All right, yeah, okay. <laughs> get away from that conversation, so let's just get into this, shall we? So the number one best-selling game was Pavlov, followed by Kayok VR Mirage, followed by Beat Saber. Fourth place, The Dark Pictures Switchback VR. Fifth place, The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners Chapter 2 Retribution. Number six, Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge. Number seven, Job Simulator. Number eight, Horizon Call of the Mountain. Number nine, Moss Book 2. And number 10, Swordsman VR. Now, lads, looking at this list, are there any games that surprise you where they are? Any games that are lower or higher? Any games that you're gutted aren't on the list? What are your thoughts? Guys. What is going on with this list? I cannot believe that you haven't convinced, you know, how many subscribers have we got now? 200 and something. Let's call it a 200 round, right? The 10% of those that own PlayStation VR, what are we talking about? 20 people probably that got PlayStation VR too. And that hasn't racked up the numbers for your golf game that you talk about literally every episode. What is going on? Now you boys wax lyrical about that game every bloody episode how good is the golf game oh did you see my swing i just love the sound effect we even went golfing in real life on a double date you boys absolutely <laughs> love that game and you haven't convinced as i said probably the 10 percent of our viewers that have a playstation vr2 to rack up those numbers to even make it onto number 10 within the list jesus christ boys you're doing something wrong you really are do you know why it's because I got everyone into kayak VR. I was so hyped for it. So hyped for it, dude, before its release. And even now, I love fucking kayak VR. I absolutely adore it. I really want to get the Platinum. It's fucking solid. That's why all my goodwill went into kayak VR. And then people were like, oh, I feel fucking sick now. <laughs> Thanks, Davey. And I'm not going to listen to him again. I reckon that's what happened. Very well could be, lad. Very well could be. But I mean, to be fair, you did well. With it coming in number two. Yeah, fucking mega strong. Mega fucking strong. Fair play. And film it, yeah. To be fair, that it's better than all these games, Walk About Mini Golf. Yeah. What is it doing? I think it must have been 11th, mate. <laughs> yeah. Must be number 11. Had to be. Has to be. I'll say, for this list for me, I'm very surprised Synapse isn't on this because Synapse mm. is a phenomenal fucking game. What is Job Simulator doing there? That game's been out <laughs> like 10 years. It was one of the first VR games out, I'm pretty sure. What on earth is that doing there? And I'm also just surprised to see Horizon Call of the Mountain so low, considering it came with the headset, if you opted for that. Yeah, I'm, that's that's the one that's the most shocking for me. Horizon Call of the Mountain being that low yeah. is insane. You would have thought that would be like easy number one, and then everything else a bit for scramble from there. It's wild. What's crazy is, right, the Dark Pictures Switchback VR is, by all accounts, shit. Yeah. And that being there at number four, and as you said, fucking walkabout mini golf, not even making the list. EU, no wonder we fucking left. No wonder we left. If this is the decision the French and Germans and all are making to drag down the the UK, this is why this is why we can't have nice things, guys. Sure, they give us croissants and they give us good cars and great beer, but they fuck up with dark pictures. Switchback VR. <laughs> I'm blaming them. Let's just say it came in at number 11. 
shall we boys you know, <laughs> just just for argument's sake but unfortunately your walkabout mini golf doesn't feature on the us and canada or the japanese list either so maybe it was 11 across the board hopefully that's what we'll say shouldn't we but yeah no i'm like you like horizon call of the mountain you know for me is probably the biggest name on there and probably the biggest draw uh to actually owning one of these psvr uh two headsets maybe sometime in the future when i can get it a heavy discount but it's really low in the eu isn't it japan it came in at number two and in US and Canada, it was much higher as well, number five. So it was really low coming in at a number eight for the EU. What is going on? They've been listening to our podcast and you bad mouth in the Horizon IP, DV. See, you can have an effect on people that way. But when it comes to promotion stuff, no, we're good at punching down, aren't we, on this show? We'll tell yeah. you something shit and you'll believe <laughs> us. But then if we say something's good, you'll go, nah, don't believe them, boys. Well, this is why the EU audience saved themselves by not having Firewall Ultra. Japan, because they don't speak English, they fucked up. <laughs> it's number eight, Firewall Ultra on the list. If they listen to the podcast and listen to it in a Japanese format somehow, I don't know if there's an option for, for us overdubbing it. If somebody wants to overdub it in Japanese, you're more than welcome. You guys are doing it on Duolingo. If you want to go back in and re-record the episode after we're done in Japanese, you're more than welcome to. You could have warned them. And they wouldn't have it at number eight on the list because those poor bastards, the amount of people that probably bought that and when they could have been playing what else the fuck they got on there, Kronos Alternate, don't even know what the fuck that is. <laughs> These Japanese mind, they're, they're wild, aren't they? Although Cleric VR number one, happy with that. <laughs> happy with that. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's great, that is. Wild list though, absolutely wild. Crazy. Yeah, it is wild. But other than that, about expected, Beat Saber High, Pavlov number one, as it should be. Yeah. Yeah. Pavlov is probably just the best VR game. Yeah, it's amazing. So it's not an insane list. It all makes sense where everything is if you really think about it. I'm just glad to see Pavlov on top. And like you said, Firewall not showing. Yeah, not showing on EU. Good times all around. But that is it for me with quick news. Passing it now around to yourself, Phil, for the final bit of news. Quickly, quick, 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 quick news. And this has been a quick news indeed. We've actually hit you with three each, so we are going on a bit. So I'll try and make this one quick. Although we are talking about one of my favourite franchises. We are talking about Death Stranding 2. And the full title may have been leaked ahead of his imminent reveal. The highly reliable data miner, Bill Bilkun, who we talked a little bit about earlier, we preluded this topic, has claimed that the game is called Death Stranding 2 on the beach. Now, it's a pretty obvious title for Death Stranding 2. I mean, I could have come up with that one. Jesus, you could have tweeted me. I could have come up with a couple more names than that one. But Death Stranding 2 on the beach. Now, there are some bits of the puzzle slowly linking together here right so let, let me let me pay some out for you boys and then you can come back at me and tell me if this is right or wrong so norman regis he has been tweeting and he has been tweeting see you on the beach now norman is a regular tweeter a regular instagrammer of uh, Kojima-esque content. So it's no surprise that he would get in on this, right? So he's been saying, see you on the beach. I tweeted him the other day to see if I could get a reply, ask him when we're seeing him on the beach, but I'm, I'm still waiting on that one, Norman. 
You know, we talked about Jeff Grubb on the last show, didn't we? And we were saying that state of play is coming very, very soon. Now, are we all linking these things together? Could we be seeing Death Stranding 2, the release, the imminent release, the imminent reveal of more information coming out now at the state of play? Or does it just tie in and coincide with the release of Death Stranding and the backbone for the iPhone? Could it be one or the two when we're just misconstruing them, hoping for Death Stranding 2? I really hope for some Death Stranding 2 news at this so-called state of play, if that is to happen. So, boys, I am asking you the question, do you believe that is the final title for Death Stranding 2, and will we be seeing it at a state of play? Please, 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 please. I think we will see it at a state of play. Not now, though. Like I said last time, I don't believe Jeff Grubb at all. Uh, I think we're... I, I really want to not have a state of play. Because I want Jeff Grubb to be wrong, and I could put it as one on my little hit list. So I don't know how long it has to be out. I'm thinking if by 16th of February we haven't had a state of play, I'm putting down a mark against Jeff Grubb. And so, no, I don't want to see it yet for that exact reason. And that's the only reason. Very petty of me, I know. Uh, I can believe the title on the beach. I think it's fine. The thing I'm... It's not very interesting, though, is it? It's a fucking title. Uh, it means fuck all. Um, the the thing that I'm more interested in, Phil, is you said you'd come up with some different names for the title off top of your head. I'm going to give you one, and I want to see if you can do better than it. Death Stranding 2, Baby's Back. That'd be mine. <laughs> 80s movie title. <laughs> Baby's Got Back. Yeah, yeah, you could you could do, but then with I'm the like... bum. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I thought it's too pedo-y. So I thought Baby's Back is just a good bit of alliteration. So that's where I, that's where I'm going with it. What would what would be yours then, Phil? If you got a couple, you can wing, wing off the top of your head. I love that you've tried to put me on the spot and you've called me out. <laughs> <laughs> should have listed a few, shouldn't I? Yeah, yeah. Should have thought about these beforehand. Got one? This is when the beauty of editing comes in. <laughs> <laughs> Great response. Great response. Death Stranding Two, Death Strandings. Death Stranding 2, Dawn of the Death Stranding 2. Death Stranding 2, Look Who's Stranding 2. But yeah, I, I think the title's fine. It, it does what it is. It's not too surprising. Um, it doesn't really give anything away, does it, on the beach? But the beach was a main part of Death Stranding 1. So it's a safe bet all round, isn't it? Do you have any thoughts on it, Spence? Yeah, I think it's a fucking shit title. <laughs> Death Stranding 2 on the beach. That sounds awful. I think, sure, it might relate to the game, which is fine, but it sounds awful. It doesn't roll off the tongue. On the beach. I think it makes more sense with what you said, Phil, with an iPhone release and backbone. You can play Death Stranding on the beach rather than it being the name of the next game. I think this sounds... That's a terrible title. Just call it Death Stranding 2 or Death Stranding Part 2. You don't want a big, beautiful, story-based game to have a wacky fucking on the beach. I don't know. Metal Gear Solid 2 is Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty. Metal Gear Solid 3, Snake Eater. That's cooler than Metal Gear on Solid the beach. 4, Sons of the Patriots. That's cooler than on the beach. Mm. It might just be because I don't have that connection to Death Stranding like you boys do, but this wouldn't make me... Hearing Death Stranding 2 on the beach wouldn't make me think oh i want to play this this sounds like a serious game you didn't get to the beach though so you don't know the significance of the beach i've seen the beach 
I've seen the You've beach. You've seen the beach. Yeah, you haven't experienced It's not the, the sights of the, the beach, though. You have to experience the beach. And what happens on that beach? You haven't been on the beach. I'd rather it be called Death Stranding 2 The Beach. On the beach sounds wacky. On the beach is already a tagline for a holiday company, isn't it? Yes, isn't it, it like is. Tui or something? Yes. Tui on the beach. I'm yes. sure I've seen it in an yeah. advert. I'm not just making that shit up, am I? I no, you're, you're right. not. You're right. Maybe this is new way. He had a monster partnership before. Now it's Tui holidays. Tui holidays. He gets now. on a Tui plane. Yeah, books Mate, are... those deliveries fast as shit, bro. <laughs> yeah, he just goes on and books it. To book a plane. I booked it all through the app. It was great. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> Five star experience. <laughs> I did all of it from the comfort of the beach. I reckon our data miner has been mining in the wrong beach. <laughs> He's been mining on the Tui website, hasn't he? And he thought, on the bit, brilliant. There we go. He's right-clicked in spec source, and he just saw the tagline within the description on the beach. (laughs) That's what he's done. Sorry, Bill Bilkun. You fucked up here, son. On the beach. Get on your beach. Get on your beach. On your bike. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have nothing else to say about it. I think it's a fucking terrible name. And if they do stick with it, I'd be really surprised. Well, we will see in the upcoming weeks and months if we do get that state of play and it is revealed. Maybe Spencer can have a shot and we can go back and say, ah, it was called On the Beach. Anyway, we'll move this on. This brings us to the end of quick news. There's no shots outside the bet that we made and we'll find out that in the future and we'll keep you updated, listeners and viewers. But now we're going to move on because I believe we've got another listener question. There once was a show some time ago that asked four questions every fortnight or so. It became so rare they weren't prepared to have a personal rhyme. Oh God, I'm scrambling now to get a word that rhymes. So how can I wrap this up? I'll take this mail and go. Right you are, Phil. We do have a listener question. Now this question comes from my boy, Maloon. Oh, baby. What a legend. He's coming in with these questions. He is. He's Very grateful for that. Thank top you, four. man. Top four, Malou. It's brilliant. We really appreciate it. So the question is as follows. I'll read it verbatim, just so there's no transparency or anything. Can you three or four, depending on if Lewis was with us, I suppose, which he will be later. Stay tuned. Can we create a top three list of Xbox games that we'd like to see come to PlayStation 5? We have to all agree on the three games. There can be no disagreements. Has to be a unanimous acceptance. Pit games against each other. Make your passionate speeches for and against games. And then he's listed his own three games, which are Ori, Hi-Fi Rush, and uh, Gears of War. And then he said, fight. (laughs) Fuck. So it's time to scrap, lads. It's like Celebrity Deathmatch, isn't it? Fight! Fight! I think the easiest way of doing this, disagree with me on this if you like, I think the easiest way would be we put one game in each. I was going to say that. And then if two of us hate on one person's game, that's gone and we've got to find a substitute. Okay. Very civil of us. Very civil. If we'd done this while we were drinking, if this was on episode 90, this would go wild. I don't want Hi-Fi Rush. <laughs> yeah, fuck Hi-Fi Rush. Hi-Fi Rush is for nerds. Four hours later, we're still doing Jaeger bombs. Like, come on, just pick anything. <laughs> Any fucking... I don't even care anymore. <laughs> Thanks for watching. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I think this is going to go quite nice. Yeah, I think, I think we'll get around this quite well. So let's just say, does anyone have a game in mind? Does anyone want to shout out their first game if this one on top of the dome? Me! 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 
and I'll do what every teacher does. Phil, why don't you say again? <laughs> okay. Well, I, I, I did have a brief think about this, but it, it is very difficult purely because I stopped buying Xboxes. I bought a, a 360 back in the day to play Street Fighter, and we played the majority of Street Fighter 4 using said Xbox 360. And then I went back and, you know, went to CX and bought some of the, the the heavy hitters and I quite enjoyed those IPs you know your Halos and your your Gears of War and, and I enjoyed that I bought some wrestling games I'm a big wrestling fan so I bought some of the the wrestling games on there and they were they were quite entertaining back in the day and then unfortunately I got kind of suckered into buying this the, the Xbox after that the Xbox One I believe it was called because I got to go to the launch I was very privileged to go to the launch of the Xbox One and I and I bought it on release as part of the the job that I was doing at the time and I instantly regretted it. I think I just played Killer Instinct on it and then binned it, really. It's just sat on my shelf ever since. So it's very hard for me to, to delve back in to games that I really want to see, you know, come to PS5. So a lot of this will probably be influenced heavily by our friend of the show, Lewis Potato Chief, okay? Now, he loves a little game called Starfield, now, we've all dunked on it. One of our highest grossing videos, and I mean just in terms of views, was about Starfield. We commented on IGN's rating of the 7 out of 10 game, Starfield. Now, I think if we're bringing games over to PS5, we want to be looking for the heavy hitters of Xbox, the big dicks, the big swinging dicks, right? And I've heard nothing less then this game is absolute perfection from Lewis. He said, it, he, was, he was talking about storytelling and he said it, it, it progressed the medium of storytelling. Now, if Lewis is to be believed, and, and he should be, he's a credible source when it comes to Xbox, they're big players in the game, then Starfield, I think, would be the game to bring over to the PS5 to wow us. Now, I would think there's going to be a little bit of work there. I, I've seen quite a few complaints about different aspects of Starfield, but the game's been out long enough now where they could fix some of those and really make it shine for PS5. Imagine what could be possible. I'm thinking of No Man's Sky, but Starfield for PS5. So they've had that much development, that much thought, that much effort, that much community backing to make Starfield top notch maybe we're getting a nine out of ten here boys over from xbox what do you think have i convinced you um I've, ooh, i'm not sure if i'm too convinced i'd quite like to see it come over just because i'd like to see what the xbox fans would say about the game if it was becoming multi-plat would they still hold it in such high regard if we had it on the playstation or would they immediately be like oh you're welcome for such a good game or you can't have your own great games you need to take ours i wonder how they'd rebuttal would I play Starfield if it came over? Fuck no. I'm so sick of Bethesda and all their exact same game copy-pasted over the years. I mean, it's a game that I think would be good on the system and a lot of people would enjoy. And a lot of people like Bethesda's game, so I see it happening. But I wouldn't care for it, really, if it came over myself. Fuck no. No. Like, you think how many great games are across, like every generation of xbox right and you put fucking starfield up like the game that didn't even crack the fucking 
top 10 lists of anybody this year apart from Potato Chief, like, for last year. No, there's so many better choices. Like, I know it's the low-hanging fruit, right? But if it came over, even if it was on Extra, I could not be fucked. There's so many better games that we could play our time on. And sure, Lewis is there saying it's fucking the best thing since sliced bread. I don't know what fucking bread he's been having. Because that's some mouldy-ass fucking crust if I've ever seen it. No fucking way. We can do better than that, mate. He's not been going to Greg's, has he? That's where he needs no, to he's go. Not, mate, no. no, no, he's not. For some of that Greg's bread. <laughs> but I, I can I do agree with you guys. I, you know, you, you've won me back round. Unfortunately, I don't think Starfield is going to make the list to give you another Chris Jericho quote there from wrestling because I'm a big wrestling fan. Obviously, all that will come come to fruition so, in the topic. So much fucking foreshadowing in there. Always, mate, yeah. <laughs> this is what happens when we do the topic first. You can make jokes about it. It's fun, right? But when it comes to Starfield, I, I, I do genuinely believe, though, I, it might not be our top three. It might make a top five or a top ten. But if it did come over to the PS5, let's give it a little shine. I think it would sit quite well within the PS5. What else have we really got out there that's like this? I think it would hold its own space. There's a few games out there, but there's nothing major. And Starfield is that big name as well. I think you're right. I think there is definitely a place for it. And I think it wouldn't be out of sorts for it to come over. I think that, you know, it, it would definitely generate hype. People would definitely buy it. It would, it would sell well. But it's just when you're talking about the competition, like we think <laughs> I've just just now, right, because I wasn't sure. I, w I pulled up the Metacritic for Xbox One to see if there was any games on that generation that I missed that were good, right? Outside of Ori, n fuck no. <laughs> There's nothing. There's like nothing for that entire generation, right? Outside of what? Like Ori. Ori, oh, okay. Outside of that, there was nothing really that, that I could see that was like good. Yeah. But then when I think back to like Xbox 360 gen, there's fucking so many good diamonds in that gen. And then original Xbox has got some fucking great ones as well. And, and that's what's going to let it down. I, I can't see it hanging with like some of the fucking classics that I'm sure we're going to pull out. By the way, if somebody brings up Blinks the Time Cat, you're off the fucking show. All right? Off the show. Don't even know what that is. Good. It was a, a game that came out to Xbox originally, right? It was like their platformer. Mm. And you had time control powers. And it was, everyone was like, oh, sick. Played it shit. So shit. Like, that is not going in the list. All right. And just putting that out there now. Like, hard veto. I, I, that's the top veto I can give. No way. No fucking way. There we are. That's right. So we'll say for now, we'll say Starfield's in contention for the top three. If we come up with a game that's better than it, it'll get bumped down. Okay. So I think we'll do it that way. You were a bit too eager, so I'm going to go next. <laughs> okay. He was so eager to go started. I'm like, fuck you. I'm going next. <laughs> go on. My game that I'm putting on the cards, it was the reason I almost bought an Xbox One. It was a game that I was desperate to play. I never got the chance to play. I played it once over my friend's house and fucking loved it. And although I say there's too many fighting games already, I don't want more. This one I'd fucking get on, and it's Killer Instinct. Oh, fuck, I yeah. fucking love for us to have Killer Instinct. That game is sick. That's it. I, I don't think I need to say more. I fucking agree with you. Yeah. I, it, the, the, game, the game's great. Uh, you and me played the fuck out of that, didn't we, for different events? Combo Breaker! 
the game was sick, man. And I think it's a slam dunk for us, isn't it? Purely because it's a fighting game, right? And unfortunately, we we can't play it. It's it's on an Xbox One that sits up there, and and that was the only reason I really had that was to play Killer Instinct. But I loved Killer Instinct, and it's a very visually stunning game. It was a showpiece for Xbox One when that came out because people were wowed by the graphics. I remember watching, I think I was working in a development studio and we had a, a lot of free time in between projects, and I remember watching a lot of uh, Maximilian Dude's um, uh, combo videos because it's just so exciting to watch you know and the characters were coming at a good pace with killer instinct there was character after character after and they were all you know their own thing they weren't really carbon copies okay you had some dark versions of characters within the game later on but there were so many interesting characters within that game that i haven't really seen replicated throughout the fgc since so yeah it's a it's a straight yes for me yeah there it is. It's in a unanimous three-way. I knew it would be. <laughs> Great choice. Sick game. Great choice. All right, our first one on the list. My choice, guys, reason why I'm so hyped for this is I want the Halo Master Chief collection. Ah. What do you mean, ah? ah? What the fuck? You get Halo 1, 2, and 3? With online multiplayer that works? Dude, Halo 2 slaps tits. Full co-op campaign with trophies. For Halo 1, 2, and 3. Do you know how fucking fun that would be? Oh, man, I played so many hours of Halo 1, 2, and 3 back in the day. Like, my first proper online experience was Halo. Halo 2. I played it with, like, uh, my, my one of my best mates, Brett. I played it with, like, loads of, loads of different people. I went to LAN events that, um, uh, that were hosted in Chepstow. And we had, like, there was TVs everywhere around the house. And everyone was playing Halo 2. And it was the first time I'd ever done that kind of thing before to that scale. Like, mm. I'd done smaller events where, I'd like, I bring my, my TV around to fills or whatever. But this was, like, loads of people in a room all playing in just a LAN lobby of Halo, Halo 2. And it was just, like, a fucking zine. It was just, like, that moment where you realize what gaming was going to be. Like, yeah. this was going to be the future of online play. And um, Halo slaps as much then as it does now it's fucking timeless and those three games are fucking perfect shooters it's so good that was your uh, half-life moment wasn't it that was your moment where you understood what gaming could possibly be when you connect uh, computers or consoles together because mine was playing Counter-Strike and um, Team Fortress Classic uh, in the Technodrome in Caldicott, which was um, uh, just a, an empty shop which they put about eight monitors in. And I remember going in there and losing my shit that I could type to someone. And uh, yeah, you can imagine what I was typing to my friend who was sat on the computer next to me and didn't understand how to type. I was one step ahead of him. But that was your moment when you were at, uh, what was it called? Dexbox, I think it was called back in the day. Shout, shout out Ash Dex. Yeah, shout out Ash Dex. I know he listens to the show. And I remember you talking very, very highly uh, of the Halo franchise after that. And um, I think, Spencer, you, you got a bit of a frown on because we're suggesting an old game. And I know what you like when it comes to old games. You know, we, we talk about Metal Gear Solid all the time. And, and you find that a difficult game to, I suppose, play these days. And a lot of, I suppose, younger people 
do that, don't they? They they look at older games as as almost being inferior. But I've I've got to agree with you on this one, Davey. You know, to bring Halo, a legendary Xbox game, to PlayStation would be a big scalp for us, and it would be an incredible experience to be able to play that, especially if they did some sort of even further remaster of those games for PlayStation, even upscaled it so we had the full PlayStation experience. What you're talking about with trophies, all that, you know stuff that we get with a handset with the haptic feedback and oh just if we playstationed it it would be an immense experience i i would say yes on this one spence i don't know if i've convinced you i'll tell you what it's not the reasons you say at all phil i've played halo to death oh really yeah i played it absolutely to death it's just not a series i want to revisit that's the only reason i don't want it personally i can see it making lists because they're phenomenal games but halo 3 halo odst and halo reach specifically i played to fuck like it was my first online experience was halo 3 oh wow and then i played the other halos halo 1 and 2 i played odst i played reach to death finish school get home play it until i go to bed every day that's why i'm just done with halo <laughs> i'm done with that floaty fucking jump and getting <laughs> meleeed off a map seeing your body <laughs> ping all the way across it's funny it's great fun i'm sure we'd have great times playing it but we've got new experiences now. It is kind of the thing of it is an old game. And as much as it would sell gangbusters, I would probably buy it. I think we could get better. Or at least not better, different. Just I've played so much of it. Oh, I can't imagine having the top three in Halo not being there. Yeah. You know, it would be like Xbox saying, what three games would you bring to, to PlayStation? Uh, what three PlayStation games would you bring to, to Xbox? And then not having like God of War or Last of Us. You yeah. know, it's they like... would definitely leave out the last of us. You know, what <laughs> yeah. Yeah. they're yeah. so neg, yeah. they're so negative Nellies when it comes to the last of us. Of course, they would specifically leave out last of us too. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right on that one. But so, I mean, where are we sitting with this one? I think Two it's out of three. second on the list. Yeah, I think it makes the list. Okay, it's just I'm. Yeah, for me, it's just it's played to death. Okay, that's all it is. But well, still it, it makes it it makes the list unless we can find a, a better one that we all agree on. Exactly right. Yeah, fair enough. It's on the list at the moment. Then, so I suppose it's, it's back around the swing film back now. Around, really, really. If you have a choice. Okay, and I think this one is probably quite an obvious one, and it's something that. It's been rumoured for a little while. I know we talked about Hi-Fi Rush and we talked about Sea of Thieves, but out out of the two. I would really enjoy, and I think it'd be a perfect game for a Thursday night. Once we get over the Helldivers bump, Mountain, Colossus, I don't know what to call it. It's just going to be a big game for us, isn't it? Us three in particular. We're going to play a lot of this game. But once we get over that monolith of a game, having something like Sea of Thieves and the amount of development and years of tweaking perfection they've got there, it is their best game, I believe, on Xbox at the moment. It would be the game that if I did have an Xbox, I would be playing with the lads. Okay, I've got a PC and I'm sure I could play it as well. But that as an Xbox game, oh, it does look good. Everything I see of it, it does look really good. I am a bit jealous of that one. I would love it to come to PlayStation 5. I agree, I agree yeah. I agree. I think what I'm going to bring to the table, unless you bring it to the table first, Spence, would probably supersede it. but. As of right now, uh, that definitely bumps off Starfield for me to make it into the top three. If we're saying it's KI as number one spot at the mm. minute, Halo number two, 
and Sea of Thieves. Uh, I'd be happy with that sitting there at the minute. Well, I mean, for me, I played Sea of Thieves to death. I fucking adore Sea of Thieves. <laughs> oh, 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 wow. I thought this was going to go another Halo way. No, no, no. I adore Sea of Thieves, but the only reason I stopped playing it, I was playing it on PC on Game Pass. Um, and there's not actually a reason why I stopped playing it. It just kind of, it, it, it does get a bit boring. There's not actually a lot to do in Sea of Thieves, especially if you're doing a PvE content. If you're doing player versus player, fuck me, it's wild. It's mental. There's people who go out on sloops, which is like the smallest boat, and they just sneak onto people's ships and wait for them to take them somewhere so they get treasure, and then they'll take the treasure on their sloop and fuck off of it. <laughs> or just like set fire to the boat from the inside whilst they're off searching for treasure. So they come back and their boat's just gone. <laughs> so it's, grim. It's fucking brilliant. The amount of shit you can do in Sea of Thieves. If you put a banana on a stove, it just sets on fire. It just burns. And then their ship's gone. <laughs> it is class. The amount of shit you can do. I would love for Sea of Thieves to come over. Because I know I'd just start again. And play it to death again. Yeah. I'd that, but that beats Halo for me. That'd be my number two. Whoa. But fair enough. If you boys are in disagreement for that. But I think it definitely makes the list. Okay. It's on there, then. It's on there. You got any more you want to bring to the table? I got one. Mm. I don't know. I'm happy with the list as is, actually. Okay. Well, <clears throat> the last one I'll put up for contention. It's a game I've played before, and I loved. Mm. Gears. Mm. And just like, just like the same, I'd like it to be like the Gears trilogy. So the first three games. Don't need everything else just now, but I'm saying like, uh, like a, a box-like trilogy of the first three Gears games fucking love to play those and sure those are old right but the gameplay is so good and the yeah. multiplayer is really fucking fun as well and the games that i was really jealous of being a ps3 owner and not having an xbox i don't know why i never bought a 360 i think it's just tribalist mentality because these days if xbox came out with like halo kicking ass yeah and gears i'd buy one like frame fucking one, and I just never did. I was like, no, I got my PS3. I can when you're a kid, the play console war is more important, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess that was probably it. But yeah, I'd I'd put gears. I I I think gears deserves to be there personally, but its fate lies with you both. For me, I'm kind of pitting gears against Halo because we're we're talking about a, a collection, aren't we? And I think. Out of all the Gears games, I think Gears 5 is probably one of the the more prolific of, of the Gears franchise. You know, that, that generally gets the higher Metacritic scores, to my knowledge. But I do remember playing the, the original Gears, and I, I think maybe two or three. Maybe I skipped one. I don't really know. I, wasn't, I didn't pay as close attention to Gears as I did Halo. You know, Gears gameplay was chest high walls and blasting big kind of bug monsters, wasn't it? But then Halo had bug monsters and kind of chest high walls as well. But I think Gears war Gears wasn't I don't know, it didn't grab me as much as Halo. I think if I had the choice between the two, because they are fairly similar in my mind, I would prefer to see Halo, the bigger kind of name come over to playstation as opposed to gears but i would say that 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 would be a close fourth i would suppose and it would knock starfield down to fifth for me fair enough for me i would say the issue is i would rather play gears than halo just because i spent so much time with halo and i really i touched maybe a very little bit of gears but 
I think Halo has more longevity. I think if Halo came over instead of Gears, I'd spend more time on Halo mm-hmm. than I would on Gears if Gears was out. Yeah. So for that reason, I would have to put Halo above Gears as well and put Gears in my number fourth place. I'd love to play them. I'd love for them to come over, but it wouldn't be any of the three above it. Okay. So with that then, we got our number one, Killer Instinct. Yeah, easy. <laughs> number two, easy. Halo. Number three, mm. Sea of Thieves, or are we swapping around? I would put. I sea thought of Sea of two. Thieves was number two. I'm not going to cause disagreement. Because Halo, at this point. Halo was the older game, right? It was uh, the Master Chief Collection version, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. We're yeah, not yeah, talking yeah. Infinite here, yeah. No, yeah, talking Master Chief Collection. Then I would say personally, I would have put that third out of those games. And I agree. Okay. <clears throat> so we're saying then that coming in number one. Killer Instinct. Easy. Three. Number two, Sea of Thieves. Number three, Halo Master Chief Collection. Yeah. All in agreement on that. Agreed. Done. There you have it, Maloon. That is our NPS We Trust official games that we would nick from Xbox if we could. Yeah. List. List Easy work. Easy. Smashed it, guys. Well done. Very civil of us. Very civil. If you, listener, want to get involved with the show, pose us any questions that you want to hear us rate in a list in a very nice civil discussion with no shouting, no screaming. Very, very nice. Then you know what to do. Write into us on our socials. You can hit us up on Twitter at trust, or reach out to us on the email, PSWeTrust at gmail.com. Just let us know what you want to do. Take control of the show as you see fit. But... That brings us on to our topic. Let's get it, boys. Stop. Topic time. And we have arrived at the topics. And today's topic is an absolute doozy. A juicer, if you will. We have been joined by X Marks the Box's own Potato Chief and Alice. Together bringing up the Xbox contingent. And why did we bring them all? Or why have we combined our forces together? Well. We're doing a fantasy draft. Now, Lewis, I've never done one of these before. On your show, you've done this a few times, you and Alice. Give us the rules. Give us what's going on. How does this all work? Lay it all on us. So, yeah, today we are doing the fantasy critic draft. You might have seen it on the internet. A couple of YouTube uh, creators have done this in the past. We did this last year. I won by like a little, like 0.1 of a point. It was very close. So uh, I'm not going to brag too much. Uh, you guys came last. But you didn't really take part. I kind of just made a team for you. Uh, you had Forspoken, yeah. which you know was <laughs> awful. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> and Exoprimal, yeah. which was, you know, I, I thought you guys would appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, we take turns picking games. And you want to pick the games that you think are going to review the best on Metacritic. We've got six games in total. It's going to be a snake draft. So whoever goes last gets two picks. And then it goes back to the other direction, the way it came. Uh, so it's it's all fair. Uh, and it's essentially the aim of the game is to try and get games over seventy five points on Metacritic. So don't pick anything crap like Redfall. Like who who would do that? What idiot would pick Redfall? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So essentially, we're gonna get started with a draft as as soon as everyone's ready. Uh, we've all got our teams. So. I'm top of the bra- uh, the draft at the moment. I is Potato Chief, aka Potato Pro Gaming, and then we have Phil's team. Phil, do you want to tell us about your team? 
Yeah, sure. And um, before I introduce my team, let me just introduce um, and welcome Alice, I suppose, to uh, our crowd, our MPS We Trust um, audience, because it's the first time, Alice, you're, you're on the show. So welcome. Hi, uh, my pronouns are she, they, and I'm very honoured to be part of this podcast, because I think quite for a long time, Lewis is like a reoccurring guest whenever there's anything Xbox. But I think, to be honest, speaking as a general gamer, I'm just more of a sceptic, and I have been distancing myself with games quite often. So it's just like, I'm pretty open-minded when it comes to PlayStation, like Xbox, Nintendo. Well, welcome to the show. And uh, what an introduction that was uh, for, for our crowd. Uh, but welcome to the show, Alice. Um, just to move this on uh, quickly, my uh, team name is Venomous Media. Uh, that's the team name I've gone for for today. Okay, and to swing this round, uh, number three on the list, uh, we've got Alice, the, the person I've just introduced to the show. So uh, let's hear your team name. I have a team called Newbie Softworks. Um, then we have Spencer, your team. Would you like to, go to tell us about your amazing team name? Sure, yeah. So for my team, it was originally County Creations because I'm from Newport. We have Newport County, but we had to reset the draft. So now I forgot about that old name. So now I'm just games. No connotation, <laughs> nothing insinuated. It's just games. Just, you know, spelled a bit more fun. Yeah, very joyful spelling. Yeah, yeah, it's happy. Yeah, it's, it's the happy spelling. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, exactly. that's right, my friend. And then bringing up the rear is myself, SSJ Productions, coming in hot. It's one of those up-and-coming uh, publishers, you know, that really striking gold in looking for original experiences so i'm looking forward to bringing my list and hopefully you all don't nick my gems all right that's the big thing i'm asking here don't nick my stuff but we'll see how it all pans out lewis how do we go about beginning this entire thing uh i just gonna say, essentially click the button that says start the draft which is i'm, I'm about to do that right now uh we're gonna go in a random order so good luck hope anyone gets hope everyone gets the placement they want uh who's the first one uh spencer you're you're first i'm last bloody hell all right well Let's fine <laughs> right and the draft has begun here we are draft game so i've got my watch list which is a list of games you can set up ahead of time games you kind of got your eye on so out of my watch list the first game i think i'm gonna go with is paper mario the thousand year door remake bastard <laughs> Just because, bro, Nintendo do not miss on the meta scores. So that's my first draft. I think Damn it's it. going to hit big numbers. So there we are. That's what I'm going with. I thought no one was going to take that. God damn it. <laughs> oh, there you go. Right. Well, that's that's a strong first choice pick there, mate. First, definitely wasn't going to be on my list. Um, I never played Paper Mario. It doesn't mean anything to me. But... Happy for you, and I hope it all pays off. And fortunately, wasn't on my list, so you're not taking one of my babies. So that's fine. So, Alice, across to yourself. Next one, easy. Hellblade 2. <laughs> I'm going to have a lot of fun. Why are you all taking yeah. my stuff? <laughs> Stop taking my stuff. What are you doing? <laughs> ah! <laughs> Don't worry, at least it's like WWE25. Do you have maybe an estimate on how you think Hellblade's going to score? Well, I think I would say this is a gamble. It's either be the best game of the year, or it could be the worst game of the year. 
or like Redfall, but then I think they'll outplay too. I think it just really varies. If it wins, it's good for me. Okay, right. Well, coming across to me, for my choice, I have gone for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Coming for the second part of the remake trilogy for Final Fantasy VII, I think it's going to be a really, really strong game coming out in a couple of weeks' time. And I was debating whether or not this is going to be my number one or two, but I've decided it's going to be my number one. I'm taking it before anyone else takes that motherfucker. So that is now secured in my backlog. Happy with that one, boys. And I suppose, Phil, with that one out of the way, let's bring it on to your first pick. Okie doke. Thank you very much for the introduction. Um, and before Lewis picks it, and I think Alice just alluded to one of the picks that, you know, always reviews quite strong. And I think they've been on a bit of a tear lately uh, since they changed um, development studios. I'm going for WWE 2K24. I know the last one uh, scored around the 82 mark, uh, the, the 82 mark on Metacritic. So I've gone for uh, the 2024 version uh, before Lewis can pick it. That's so cruel, Nothing mate. to... Oh, oh no! He continues to just it. keep on mining down into Lewis's backlog, doesn't he? Just any chance he gets a chance to just put him down a little bit as the Xbox gamer, and now he's going after his personal passions as well. Phil, you're taking it to a whole new level of villainy here. Also, I've been watching wrestling a hell of a lot lately. I've been dropping in wrestling quotes all the time into our show, and I'm hoping that Lewis picks up on them, or some of our viewers and some of our listeners. So, I, you know, I, I've been to see wrestling. I'm a big fan these days. So, here we go. Woo! Let's go. Sorry, Lewis. You got two picks anyway, so, you know, choose Death Stranding too. No, I'm... I'm honestly, Phil, there's no way in a million years I would pick WWE 2K24. <laughs> They're so inconsistent. Their reviews can be like, woo, woo. 2020 was like a, what, like a 4 out of 10 or something. I'm like, nah, nah, I'm not risking that this year. No chance. No chance in hell. Um, refer wrestling reference. Um, yeah, so I got two picks because I'm last. To be honest, apart from Hellblade, you did, they didn't take the two picks I wanted. So I'm, I'm, I'm okay, actually. I'm all right. I'm all right. So we're going to go with the ones I wanted to go with. My first choice is foam stuff. Now I'm joking. Uh, no, so my first say. choice. <laughs> take it, take it, please. Yeah, choice... have it, lad. <laughs> my first choice is the game that just ended the Xbox Developer Direct. It is Indiana Jones and the Great Circle. Um, Great apart from the New Blood, I think it's the New Blood. Uh, they've uh, machine games have not made a bad game, so I'm totally. I think I've got faith in them. I think they yeah. can do well. Yeah, I think that's a really, really strong choice. And to be honest, even with the, uh, I think I, I keep wanting to call it the old blood, but that's just a Bloodborne reference. But um, but yeah, even that DLC campaign was really good. So I personally, I'm a huge fan of them. And uh, this is the game. I'm always talking about games that could make me potentially buy an Xbox. This is definitely one of them. So yeah, great choice, Lewis. Happy with that one. I'm very excited. I'm very excited for this game. This is going to be my first pick, no matter what. So I'm kind of glad that you, know, you got it before me. So I'm I'm really happy. <laughs> that was going to be my first pick. So the only thing I would say is I feel this may have a chance to get because it's a Bethesda game. It will probably get a Starfield treatment like last year. Yeah, get a seven <laughs> out of ten, even though it's a masterpiece. Yeah, I know what you mean. Very frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, my second game... Masterpiece. <laughs> masterpiece, bro. <laughs> yeah. My second game, when I was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, I said this is my most anticipated game. It is by Obsidian, which is Xbox's premium 
developer, probably the best developer in Xbox. It is avowed. Um, I have faith in these guys. They made really good games. They made Outer Worlds. They made Fallout New Vegas. This is their version of Elder Scrolls. I have faith. I'm holding the faith that these guys are going to pull off a masterpiece here. So that is my second pick. And Phil, we're back to you, buddy. Well, seeing as everybody's pulling out the Nintendo cards, I think I might pull one out myself. And I think I'm going to go for the Luigi's Mansion 2 HD that's upcoming. I know that's a remaster of the Nintendo Switch 3DS uh, Luigi's uh, Mansion game. And Luigi Mansion games, they always score pretty damn high. So Luigi Mansion 1, 74. Luigi Mansion 3, 86. So some big scores there. So I'm going to go for Luigi's Mansion 2 HD. I forgot to mention as well, they, they usually ban remakes and remasters, but I have made that av- available to people in this draft this year, so you can pick rem- remakes and remasters. Because I thought that was more interesting. So, yeah, we've got more options. So that- and also DLCs are also available. So, yeah, uh, yes. Good pick, uh, Phil. I like it. Really, pick. really Very strong pick, pick there, Phil. Uh, I think it's bit- you're taking a good couple of gambles with your risk, with your, with your list so far, Phil. I-, I appreciate it because you're not picking any of my gems. So <laughs> I, I'm more than down for that. So my next pick is Helldivers 2. It's my most anticipated game of the year. It had to be here. The game that comes out in only two weeks from now. And it's going to take over my goddamn life. I cannot wait. I don't know how it's going to do. Because certain places for Helldivers 1, it ended up with an 81 on Metacritic when I checked earlier on. Which was surprising to me. Because I know some outlets gave it like a straight up 9 or a 10. And then other people thought it was probably a bit too hard. And so they just dunked on it. So we'll see how it goes. I'm not too sure. It is a bit of a question mark, but I, I couldn't overlook the fact that it, it's just my most anticipated game. So it, it's got to be there. I mean, yes, fair enough. I was I was so tempted to pick it because I knew that was your first pick. I almost oh. picked I, it. I thought that was going to be your yeah. first pick, Davy, And I was like, you didn't <laughs> pick it. So I was like, ooh, I might pick it just to be spiteful. I was going to be spiteful, but I was like, now nah, I'll be nice. So I'll just pick Xbox games. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, thank you, both. I knew you wanted it. I could have been spiteful. Well, thank you, Lewis. Thank I you, almost... Alice. And uh, Spence, I'm sorry. I took that. Oh, yeah. Sorry, go on. I almost picked it, actually. But then I decided to pick Hellblade 2 just to see uh, Lewis's reaction to it. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of politics going on here. A lot of a lot of party politics. Well, I'm sorry, Spence, for nicking that from you. I know that's a game that you probably would have uh, enjoyed having. Uh, it's a game that I would have wanted just for my own anticipation. But I don't think it's going to review well just because we've t- 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 talked about it in the past. Reviewers play games on easy. Helldivers is not an easy game. And it doesn't have the legacy of FromSoft where they're going to have to give it high numbers. So I don't think it's going to score over 75. Otherwise, I would have put it on my list. Wow. So that ends mind. Alice, over to you for your number two draft pick. Okay. So I think for this one, I'm going to pick Stalker 2 as a risk, another risky game to put in. That's on my list, but I, 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 it was, I, it's a good one. Stalker 2 is definitely... I was hoping I could pick that up later. So, damn. That's a good one. Uh. It's meant to be coming out this year. It looks promising. So, uh, and again, another Xbox exclusive. Hopefully, it'll be good. Fingers crossed. Good pick. Any bets to what Spence uh, is going to draft in next of some sort? Foam Stars, definitely, 100%. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling it's definitely going to be some kind of Exo Primal DLC. I think that'll be a strong choice for Spence. He's a big fan of that game. But instead of betting on it, let's just find out. Spence, give me your number two and kick off the draft for number three. Sure. So, to be fair, you guys did mention DLC. It's not Exo Primal DLC. 
I, as much as I love that game. Okay. God, Damn shit. But it is DLC for Alan Wake 2. Alan Wake 2 Night Springs DLC is supposed to be coming out in spring 2024. We all know Alan Wake is a near perfect game, if mm-hmm. not perfect. Scored exceptionally well. Didn't take any awards home, but it damn deserved them. So I'm giving Alan Wake Night Springs my next choice. When you said DLC, I was sure you were going to pick something else. No. When you said DLC, I was like, oh, I know what he's picking. And then you said Alan Wake. I'm like, oh, no. Nope, never yeah, <laughs> I know, I know, but he does have another pick, so I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, tempt fate here. So speaking of, what's the next one, then, mate? Kick it off. Don't do it to me. <laughs> I could do it to you, but I'm not going to do it. To <gasps> you. My next pick, or so my third pick for this draft, I'm actually going to pick Persona Three Reload, which is the new release of Persona Three, which I think is going to do exceptionally well because it is a phenomenal game that has been hidden away for years. <laughs> On a platform that no one plays. So, Persona 3 is my next choice. I was going to get that. <laughs> Fuck you. I never would have been able to predict like where you're going with this. Like You and Phil are doing me so many favours. And you're playing the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're playing the fucking game here. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, you're, play- you're playing the game. So, it's a good thing. Unfortunately for Lewis, you're screwing him over every single turn. So, Lewis seems to be the one who's really losing out here. I, I do feel... I do feel <laughs> to redo. But, Alice, it's time for your next draft pick. What have you got on the docket? I'm going to stick with Metal Gear Solid Delta, so... Oh. Oh, Alice, that one cut deep. That one, that one cut deep. I definitely would have had that one. Great choice. Absolutely great choice. Phil, I, I bet that cuts you a little bit, doesn't it, as well? Well, I, I don't know if it was actually going to make my list. Is it? Is it confirmed for this year? Hmm... There's a lot of question marks about it, and it could get delayed to next year, and I'm assuming if it doesn't uh, release in 2024, you get a zero nil poire. Exactly right. With that shock announcement that it wouldn't have appeared on Phil's list, I'm bringing up one that definitely would have been on, I imagine, Lewis's and probably Spencer's list. It's Elden Ring Shadow of the Year Tree. The new DLC for Elden Ring coming out this year. That's the game. Yeah, it's going to do well. Elden Ring absolutely That's killed it. That's why I it. thought Spencer was going to pick it. Yeah, yeah, I thought he was going to pick it as well. My heart was like, no, don't do this to me. But I, I think it's going to do really well. I mean, uh, FromSoft generally with a DLC absolutely kill it. So I have no reason to imagine why they wouldn't. You know, some of the best DLC they've ever that's ever been made has come from them, especially when it comes from like Dark Souls 1 and Bloodborne, Bloodborne. in particular. Yeah. So I, I'm really, really hopeful that Shadow of the Year Tree does deliver. We'll wait and see as we come round to it. But, Phil, it's over to you for your next choice, my friend. Okay, and to carry things on with picking DLC, I'm going to pick some DLC from Nintendo. So I've been looking at Splatoon 3's DLC, which is coming out, the side order. And I know Splatoon 2 has DLC, and that rated at 82 last year. Um, So that did pretty damn well. Splatoon 3 came out at 83. Splatoon 2 was 83, and the original Splatoon was 81. So fingers crossed, Splatoon 3 side order carries that on and gives me a strong score of 80 summon. Yeah, I mean, look at this guy coming in with all the research. I know. <laughs> look at this. I know. <laughs> he's playing the game, but I think he's playing like the wrong game. Like everyone's playing like rugby or something, and he's playing football in the way that. So I, I think some of these are a bit risky from Phil's choices. I think we're playing football. He's playing football manager. 
Yeah, He's yeah. Look at the stats, mate. Yeah, he is. But then you know, and looking at and looking at that number one pick in WWE, and I'm thinking this guy's either playing with like some kind of magic or it's fire, and it's going to explode on him. It's one of the two, right? There's no Phil's list is the one that I'm most scared of because he either comes in his fucking genius play, or it's just trash <laughs> it's, not gonna, it's never gonna be like a middle of the run is it whereas i think the rest of us have all got quite solid ones that i'd quite happily bet on here but speaking of lewis it's back round to yourself for a double whammy lay it on us right so spencer's talked about being political on this one i don't know if i want to go for game i mean the whole point of this is you go for games you think you're gonna score high right so I'm going to go with a boring but safe one. I'm going to go with Microsoft Flight Simulator 2024. Uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator always reviews well, and this one's got 2024 in there. Just fly your damn planes around the world. Uh, And then I'm going to go with one, because I was going to go for Persona 3, and Spencer stole it from me, how dare you. I'm going to pick the other weeb game, Metaphor Reet Phantasma, which is also made by the same people who made Persona knockoff. It's made by the same people who make Persona, and it is coming out to Xbox later this year. Phil, it's back to you, mate. Thank you very much. Um, And I think, Spencer, you alluded to what I'm picking next, and I am picking a Football Manager game because these guys, they review well. What the fuck? So Football Manager 2024, 84. Football Manager 2022, (laughs) 85. Football Manager 2023, 81. 2021 was 85. So this is a clear 80 score. I'm going for Football Manager 2025. Let's pick that last year. I did pick it last year and it did well for me. So, uh, yeah, good call, actually. It's it's boring but safe, like my flight simulator pick. We're playing to win here. We're not just picking games we like or want to play. I just think these games will score high and I think Football Manager has got a proven track record. It's true. true. Fucking boring ass list. (laughs) Boring (laughs) ass list. This list. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for it because... Imagine if that was your game for the year. You're like, oh, I can't wait for 2024. I can't wait for Football Manager, Splatoon 3, Luigi's Mansion 2, and WWE. And I'd be, if someone said that to me, I think I'd just take him out back and shoot him. I'd be like, it's no comeback. Bro, from people me. live like that. People, they just don't know what they're missing, do they? they? Don't know what they're missing. And speaking of not knowing what they're missing, my next choice is going to be Dragon Ball Z Sparking Zero. Fuck. The game of games. I swear to God, this game is going to slap tits. It's going to be immense. And all it needs to do is get in the hands of a couple of reviewers who sweat Dragon Ball, and it is going to fly up on their Metacritic, 100%. Dragon Ball games always do well on Metacritic. Not the best, but they're always around the 80s mark. If it can be on the same level as, say, Dragon Ball Fighters, it can't. Might do. It, we could be talking in the, like the nineties. There's hope. There's hope. I'm hoping for it. But that is my next choice. Anyone got any thoughts on Sparking Zero? And you put the football manager down, right? Let's have a side <laughs> bet here. I think, I think football manager will outscore your Dragon Ball bullshit game. Uh, and let's put a shot on the line. All right, Ooh. just one. How many I do you want? I reckon we put two on it. I'm confident. I'm really confident. All right, in it. all right. I I will virtually shake hands at two. Let's see what happens, and and we'll add it into whatever um, blowout is after the two scores come in. 
because it might not happen at episode 90 it might happen at episode 100 let's do another bit to this and put another one on for which game sells more as well because the, the, this isn't the game we're playing. This isn't the game we're playing. I we're playing put, Metascore game here. I want to put another one just on because for that. if, Phil, if, if you're more. worried and you're changing tact here, Davey, it just goes to show that Football Manager is going to slap tits, as you put it earlier. Oh no, it's going to be bottom of the barrel. It's going to be licking Dragon Ball's boots, mate. It's going to be taking the Saiyan armor off and trying to put it on. If for some reason it doesn't quite fit on. Because these nerds sitting there with their Excel spreadsheets looking at football scores for their fake teams. I saw a thing the other day where somebody did fake news conferences for their fantasy draft that they post to their mates. So after they have a bad week on like their team, on their Division 3 team, they have like a backdrop and they stand there and they answer questions and they get their mates to pose them questions. And That's they'll do. awesome. It's fucking lame. That's sick. No, it's cool if it's like D&D, where it's a fantasy world. It's like, just go and start coaching a team. Yeah. You could just do it. It's what he wants to do. He just doesn't have the qualifications. He can't be around kids. Le- yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. 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 <laughs> nonsense. Nonsense play this game. Yeah. Chosen nonce game, Phil. But <laughs> uh, there you go. There you go. Uh, Davey, I think, though, I think Phil's right. It's going to review better and it'll probably sell better as well, to be honest, even though you don't like it. It is a very popular game. And the, I know there's a lot of people who like this game, even if you. I know it's not your cup of tea, but it does sell very well every year and review very well. It's not my cup of tea either, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm putting them all well. in a bag, Lewis. I'm putting them all in the nonce bag. If you play it. You're a nonce. You're a nonce. <laughs> That's that's the rules. Doesn't make too much, and it's on PC. You know, come on. But that's enough of that. It you know, it is what it is. Alice, over to you for your next pick. Probably the very obvious pick, and you will be expecting from someone like me. Uh, I'm gonna pick Princess Peach Showtime. I think it's being talked about, and it's coming out in March. That's a good one. I was tempted to get that myself. You betcha. <laughs> uh, Spence, before before your turn, I should also point out that you're going to be picking the fourth and fifth draft picks. So the fifth draft pick is the last of the regular picks because for our sixth draft pick, we're doing our unannounced uh, fantasy uh, like wish game, essentially. So you've got two picks here. These are your last two proper picks. Sure. So uh, make them count. Oh, do, lad. Oh, dear. So over to me for my final two picks of the Orthodox games, let's say, as Lewis just described them as. Let's see. So for my fourth game, I'm going to be going with a game that I've only seen once, but I remember it blowing my tits off. And I haven't thought about it since, but I think it's going to do big numbers this year. And that is Star Wars Outlaws. Oh, great choice. Great choice. I think that is going to catch us all by surprise and it's going to ride the success of the Star Wars Jedi games. So I think that's a sleeper hit that we could see come out of the blue. Uh, for my final choice, I believe I'm going to be going with Silent Hill 2 Remake. Oh, you bitch! Because we are in a renaissance of survival horror. We have been for years. And now survival horror is coming out swinging. So Silent Hill 2 Remake. How did how did Dead Space do? How did the last games can't mention do? How's... It's, it's risky, though, mate, because it's Bloober Team doing it, and they got a hit-and-miss track record. So people aren't the most positive on this one. So it's risky. 
I definitely would have had it as my next yeah. pick, right? 100% I would have. So, really well done. <laughs> Pain in saying that, then. Thanks for taking that. But I think, I don't know if it's a slam dunk. It's not a slam dunk. This is mm. probably the riskiest thing on my list. Yeah, I'd say so. But it's a risk I'm willing to take. I think it will do well. And then going back down, now going back the opposite way on the list. Alice, you're up next. What is your next game? I think for the next one, will be called uh, Visions of Mana. Honestly, I know about the Mana series on the Super Nintendo. Even my nephew's been playing the Secret of Mana on the NES the Super Nintendo Mini. And it's just like, oh, it's actually quite nice because it combines Zelda with the RPG. And I feel that this one making the return after many years, I think based on what I've seen, it's just this one is slightly too be a huge hit and say like July or August so I'm just like added it to the list so yeah it was good it, it was on my li- my like my long list but I wasn't going to pick it as my last pick so but it is a definitely it looks like a fun game for sure it would be one I would have picked up later so it was a good pick but I wasn't going to pick it during the draft stage but nice pick really strong pick Alice great great choice and now I suppose it is back round to myself and I got tough one here like a real tough one and i think i'm gonna go with my gut on this i don't know if it's gonna pay off or not but my fifth pick is a bit of a risky one but i've got really good feelings about it and really good vibe i've had a lot of hype for it for a long time it is pacific drive comes out later on in february it's a smaller game that's exclusive for playstation but it just has that flair to it that i think is going to really stand out and will review really well it's basically a car management survival game. It speaks to me on so many levels. It looks incredible. And I think it's just going to be really unique. And those kind of unique experiences really do stand the test of time as well as Metacritic. So hopefully it pans out. Comes out in February, which means I probably won't even get to it, even though I'm so hyped for it with Helldivers and Final Fantasy. But we will see. And that rounds out my fifth pick. Mr. Philip Hoy. Coming around to you for your fifth. Let's see what wonders you've pulled out of the ether on this list. Right, okay. Well, I'm stuck between two games, and I don't want to reveal the end, the, the game I'm not picking because it is a bit of a, a, a hit and a hope, I think. Now, the game I've chosen, it's a bit of a risk because it's a new IP uh, coming to PlayStation, um, developed by Team Ninja. And I know there's a lot of talk about the future of kind of samurai games with Ghost of Tsushima um, 2 being talked about all the time. So there's, there's quite a lot of hype out there. And I remember when we were watching um, either Jeff Keighley or a State of Play previously and Rise of the Ronin came out and we were like, oh my God, what the hell was that? Because we were just stunned by the, the visual fidelity that was coming through the screens into our eyes and we couldn't believe what we were seeing. So it li- if it lives up to that hype and I'm fing- my fingers are still crossed, I'm hoping that this scores very, very well when it comes out, I believe in March uh, this year. So my pick is Rise of the Ronin. Great choice. Absolutely great choice. Uh, PlayStation 5 exclusive again. I'm happy with that. That's the first one on the list. I'm actually like, oh, great choice. Great choice. I honestly think I was going to pick Rise of the Ronin, but I kept thinking this is a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles hack and slash thing and not that Samurai game. But then, I don't know. 
Yeah. Easily, easily to make that difference. I think I've made that mistake on the show before, haven't I? It was literally last episode <laughs> I mentioned my anticipated game is the last Ronin. And you went, they've shown it. I went, no, you went, they showed it like two weeks ago. I was like, wrong game, mate. You went, Ronin. I went, yeah, there's two games. You went, ah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, cut that out, cut that out, cut that out. Yeah, and we, we did, did cut it out. Yeah, we did cut it out. We did, yeah. So, yeah, peep behind the curtain there. That's so funny. But, Lewis, back round to you then. So, this is my last pick, and I'm trying to decide, do I go ultra safe for something I think is going to definitely do well, but it's boring, or do I just fucking swing for the fences and go for something fucking crazy that I actually probably won't come out, but if it does come out, it's going to score really well. And I'm thinking I might do the second one. What do you think, lads and Alice? Do it. Do you think, do you think I should go crazy or crazy. should I go for the safe one? Do it. Crazy. Have some fun. And it is what I actually don't think is probably coming out. But if the rumors of a Switch 2 are real, this game will probably be a launch title or a December game for the Nintendo Switch 2. It is Metroid Prime. Four. Oh, good the game that. that I was hyped for all the way back in 2017, uh, <laughs> and it's probably not coming out. But fuck it, why not? Live one. You only live once. <laughs> I was literally Metro Four is my final Mario pick Kart. because fuck it. Yeah, well, Mario Kart's not being officially announced, so that could be my unannounced game, which I'm actually tempted. Now you said it. I'm oh damn it! Uh, yeah, so our sixth pick. This is our final. I'm not going to pick Mario Kart, don't worry. Uh, our sixth pick <laughs> and our final pick is an unannounced game. So basically, you just got to come up with something that you want, you think is going to come out this year that hasn't been announced by by the developer. So you've got to basically be Notre Dame is here. And I thought this would be a bit of fun just having an announced game on there just to kind of spice this up a little bit. Uh, so I'm going to pick, speaking of Switch 2... The unannounced mainline 3D Mario platformer, which will be probably Odyssey 2 or whatever that is. And that is my unannounced fantasy game, which sets my final slot in the draft. I think this is likely to come out in 2025, then 2024, because bear in mind, when the Switcher came out in early 2017, it's like, comes up all the Zelda and Mario Kart, but then late... You could say that Odyssey is coming out the same year, and it seems as it will be released much later down the year. But if Switch 2 is going to be announced okay. at the end of 2024, then we're probably expecting Mario Platformer to come out the next year. Because I think it might be a bit too early to announce it. But then it. Possibly. Nintendo may turn around and say, oh, uh, we are actually announcing this as a launch title, just like with the Breath of the Wild, say. So, yeah. So my logic is, if the Switch 2 does the same as they did with the original Switch, which I don't know why they wouldn't, because it's done so fucking well, is that it'll come out in like three or four months from now. The launch title will probably be Metro Prime 4, and then the December title, which is... So basically, Metro Prime 4 would be Breath of the Wild, and the Mario Odyssey will be Mario Odyssey 2 in December. That's my logic. Uh, I'm hoping that I'm right, but that's my, uh, that's my pie-in-the-sky fantasy pick. And uh, I would love to see what yours is, Phil. Do you have any any crazy picks that you want to come up with? 
Oh, well, we've got crazy picks. But this is one that, you know, we've talked a little bit on the show, on the MPS We Trust show, and we've been wanting this to come out since the initial release date of the, the first iteration of the game back in October 2018. And I'm talking about the rumoured Astrobot platformer. So if Astrobot comes back with a second game uh, during 2025, that would be my pick. Um, I, I know he scores well. He is the mascot for PlayStation. We are PlayStation Podcast. We're in the PlayStation nation and i'm back in playstation on this one with the rumored astrobot platformer i like your choice phil i think that's a really good choice and that passes things over nicely to uh davy let's hear your unannounced game so my final game and i want to know is the button on buttons on yeah it gotta be well i don't have many shots my final pick my unannounced game i think capcom are gonna do a resident evil Origins game. Resident Evil. That's right. I think what they're going to do is this year there's no there's no game that can't be mentioned coming out. So what do they do instead? They finally do what the fans have been asking for for a long time. They release the classic ports of the game that can't be mentioned one, two, and three with full trophy support onto PlayStation 5, Xbox, everywhere you can play your games. It's an easy, easy option for Capcom to make some serious bank, and it gets people just still frothing at the gash for a bit more game that can't be mentioned. And I'll gladly take the shot for saying that title. At least it makes sense for the Xbox listeners that are watching this. That is my choice for the unannounced game. Anyone got any thoughts on that? Oh, yeah, I hope it happens. But other than that, I don't think it will happen because I believe Capcom and Sony have quite a close relationship. And I think Sony would say, don't do that. Just release them onto Classic with trophy support. Maybe. And so they'd be like, oh, we don't get anything out of that. They're like, we'll pay you. Maybe. You can still buy them, though, then separately, can't you? Yeah. So yeah. it'd still work out. Yeah, but mm, they'd be good gets to have on Classic for PlayStation. It'd so be class. I, that's why I think they might not do that. Especially number two, original. Oh, baby. It'd be mm. so good. But that is my choice. Alice, it's round to yourself for your unannounced game. What do you want to see? I'm going to be throwing a curveball at it, which could either be a miss or a hit. I'm going to say Mario Kart if the Switch 2 is announced. We'll do a Mario Kart. Mario Kart 8 like 10 years old now. They, they are, we are doing a new Mario Kart. and It is a game they can just drop like within three months without much of a build. I think that's a good call. I think it's a strong choice. I think it's a strong choice. If the Switch 2 is coming out, it's got to have a big, big, thick game, and that's definitely one. So, yeah, great, great choice, Alice. And I suppose rounded it out then, and the final pick is yourself, young Spencer. Sound. So over to me for the final choice of the evening. Now, there's a lot of unannounced games. It could be. I mean, I say that. It could be literally anything. It's unannounced. Make it up. Bloodborne 2. Ooh. No chance. Not a chance in hell. No. Bloodborne remake? Oh, unless. Oh, yeah, not picking that either. Don't be silly. What I am going for, I'm hitting it safe as hell because I'm pretty sure this was rumored a while ago and everyone has been begging for it. Pokemon Black and White are one of the highest meta scoring and fan favorite Pokemon games ever. So much so that they actually made Black and White 2 and they've never done that with Pokemon. And it's rumoured that similar to Sapphire and Ruby, they're going to be getting a remake this year. So that is my choice for the unannounced game. Because if, if that does come out, 
big Metacritic scores out the wazoo. So that's what I'm going to go with, even though I would have liked to have said Bloodborne 2. Pokemon's inconsistent with reviews, but they but the Pokemon company do seem to yearly do a Pokemon game, and it usually alternates between remakes and new versions. So I think it's likely to come out, but the, the, the score might be a bit of a never question. But I've I'm, been I'm very intrigued by that one, I think, yeah. Great choices. And so, Lewis, does that conclude our choices for this evening? Does that conclude our draft? Uh, yeah, so it's called... the count. This is the counterpick round, which means we've got to pick the game we think is going to do the worst out of all the games we've selected. Out of You can't pick your own games, but i got to pick someone else's game and say which one I think is going to do the worst or not going to come out, and we get points if they do badly. So, And with the caveat as well, if you pick someone's game their game is now locked and they can no longer drop that game going forward. So they're stuck with that game if they get, if they get counterpicked. So there's a lot of jeopardy here. So I, I get the first pick with this one, so that's interesting. I don't have a clue. I don't know what to pick. Uh, okay. Phil, I love you, man, but I'm picking WWE 2K24. Ooh. That game is not going to get more than a 7 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's not. <laughs> I love wrestling, but those games that never do well in reviews, so that is my counterpick for the uh, draft. I'll take that one from you, buddy. You are the wrestling expert. You even run your own channel uh, about wrestling. So for any viewers Fair. and listeners uh, for wrestling. That, that, that are interested in wrestling, you want to head over to Lewis's channel. Uh, links will be in the description of the show. Potato Pro Wrestling. Thank you for the plug. <laughs> Phil, it comes across to you to have your revenge. What are you picking for your counterpick? My counterpick, seeing as Lewis picked one of mine, I'm going to actually dash you down, bruv. I'm going to go for Indiana's Jones. Um, I don't think this game is going to be a hit. There's there's a lot of hype around it, yes, and it did look good at the preview. So I'm thinking this game is just going to bomb the same as most of the things that come out on Xbox at the moment. So let, let's see where it hits. Ooh. <laughs> Dunking on his first choice. First choice dunks it. across the board. <laughs> Jesus Christ, these two are going to war. They're going to war. Can we have a bet that uh, I'm pretty sure Indiana Jones is going to review better than WWE 2K24? I'm just going to say. Well, that, that's kind of I don't unfair. Mind doing a yeah, that's unfair bet. That's kind of unfair. <laughs> just saying. Hey, we can have a bet, but you will actually have to drink the shot, Lewis, because there's been a number of times you've been on the Ooh. show and you're like, oh, I don't drink. Okay, yeah. Deal, I will. Okay, you've got to man up. If, you get, if you're big enough so. to make the bet, you're big <laughs> enough to sink the shot. That's what we say on the show, don't we? That's fine. Or we will be saying that. Never said that. Yeah. <laughs> we never said that. We never said that in our life. Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to win the bet, so it's fine. It's, it, never... <laughs> it, it's funny because we're recording this section of the show before the main section of the show, so, so I'll make sure to drop that in earlier multiple times. <laughs> I can't wait for that. Oh, I love you, Phil. <laughs> You're so fun. Hey, <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. But yeah, there's no way in hell I'm taking that shot, so it's fine. Uh, who's, who's next? <laughs> so for my choice, I've got a big selection here of games that I'd love to dunk on. I'm going to go for Metaphor Refantasio. <laughs> I honestly feel like... I feel Lenny like nice. that game, no one's going to care. And I think it's going to be reviewed... And everyone would say, like, it's just a rip-off. Even though it's made by the same people, right? I feel like people just would be really unfair towards it. 
and it would get dunked on. So I, I, yeah, I, I think that's going to be the one that's going to get absolutely rinsed. So you're stuck with that one now, Lewis. Enjoy that. That's going to be your red fall this year, I reckon. <laughs> I mean, it's an Atlas game made by the people who made Persona, and everyone, all the weebs love Persona, so I'm not worried. But that's that's funny. It's fine. Let's just keep picking. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you going to take? Me? Which one are you going to pick for mine? Next? <laughs> I'm not taking it personally or anything. Bastards. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, no, it's Alice's turn anyway, yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. Oh, no, it's fine. I'm not sure if it's going to be any good. It's not my cup of tea anyway. So. I think I'm going to pick Microsoft Flight Simulator 2024 just to think whether this is going to get worse or not. Because I think when <laughs> I played the last version of it, it's just like. Um, last, last time it's like I played it, and it's just like. <laughs> mm. I don't think this is particularly interesting. <laughs> but then I just lock it like in, Alice. Lock it in. I, yeah, <laughs> it's just a bit. It's just a bit difficult I, I, to like get through that. Do it, you coward! Pick me. I, I love. I love that you've got the mo here, Alice. Straight away, like what was going to happen here. I'm glad that you've cottoned on to that so quick, Alice. Well done. You well fuckers. done. <laughs> you motherfuckers. And. I suppose it comes uh, over to uh, Spence to end it. What's, what's your fine, character yeah. pick, my friend? Okay, let me pull up. Which one you pick thing. in, Metroid Prime or Avowed? <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Oh. Oh, okay, so I've got the list up, and I have had a little peruse through, and they are all phenomenal games. But I've had to choose one, and the one I think is going to do bad is Avowed. <laughs> <laughs> Just... Wow. I gotta hop on the trend. I don't know what to pick. And I mean, if I can hop on a trend, I can hop on a trend. So hop that on. is my counter pick. Hop on the train, baby. Uh, Alice, you're gonna have to take over with the cameos for that. When they want Xbox people, Alice, you're gonna have to go and join them because I'm not coming back. <laughs> like That's okay. I'll probably like go in and just be convinced to get join the PlayStation side. And he's gone. Yeah. Good choice. But yeah, I think. I think oh, this is dear, a really yeah. good way of like ending this. Just fucking with you. Yeah, trolling me. Great idea. Well, Thanks, guys. I, that has been it. That it's like, hey guys, let's do the fantasy league this year. It'll be so much fun. Let's do oh, the that? fantasy league. Let's have a little laugh together. La la la. It's like uh, fucking pickle, yeah. <laughs> pickle. Oh, right, right. You motherfuckers. <laughs> Well, time will tell who ends up laughing at the end of the year. We got a long old rolled ahead, a lot of games to come out. Hopefully they all hit and they're all great, right? That's what we all hope. But on a selfish point, I hope mine do better than yours. And that's all I'm going to say about it, guys. So I have to mention as well. So that's the end of the draft part of the Fantasy League. But throughout the year, you can drop games and you can add games. I did mention this before the podcast when we weren't recording, but if you you can do secret bets whenever there's a new game announced or if someone else hasn't, hasn't drafted this game. So you can bet from anything from $1 to $100. You have a $100 limit, so don't spend it all on one game like Alice did last year. Um, uh, you want to basically bid on games that you want to add to your list. <laughs> you got 15, you got 13 games to fill the list you got another counter pick to put out the by the end of the year as well so if there's a playstation state of play or an xbox direct or a nintendo direct keep an eye out 
and you can add games after that or whatever whatever you see a game that you fancy and it's not on the list pick it up uh the games get added to the to the draft on saturday night so if if you don't have to panic if you see a game that you like and it's like you think oh i haven't got a chance to put it up you got a week to put everything up so uh there's that and uh, yes yeah, so, uh, uh, anything from one dollar to a hundred dollars and so if someone outbids you, they get the game. But if you get the highest bid, you get the game and it's added to your list. So this will be a thing that goes on till December this year. This is not a one-off thing. This is something that we can keep working on as the year goes through. And I think that's everything that I need to mention. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure to be joined by Team Xbox today. Thank you, Alice. Thank you, Lewis. As Lewis said, it's something that we're going to be going back over as the year goes on. So we shall see how our choices shake out. It's a long old year ahead, but only one thing's for certain, and is that we got a great year of games ahead. So we shall see how it shakes out, and hopefully, guys, SSJ Productions coming in first. But we'll see, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Long old way to go. Thank you ever so much, everyone, for checking out the show. Hope you enjoyed it. If you have, there's a couple of ways to support us and X Marks the Box as podcasts. Go into the below links, have a little look at everything, all in the description of the shows for both of us and the stuff that's on screen right now. Check it all out. Go in and support us. We're both growing our channels, and it's nice to be able to stretch across the ether of video games and reach out to the other side. So thank you ever so much for being here with us today. Thank you all ever so much. Now I'll hand us back to our normal podcast hosts to end their shows. Well... What a wild ride. We're back now. We're back in the timeline. We're actually ending the show as we are recording the end of the show. My God. What a crazy old episode. Long one. Yeah. I believe. Ooh. And we'll see in post, but I feel it's going to be a pretty long one. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed it. This has been episode 84 of NPS We Trust, a PlayStation podcast. Now, if you have enjoyed the show, there's a number of ways that you can support us. The first one is to go on to your podcast service of choice, if you're listening on that, and go on and put a rating on. We're still building up the ratings, and we're still holding on to a five-star rating. So thank you to everyone that has gone on there and rated the show. It does help. And it does help us stand out from some of the other competition that is in the PlayStation space. And goddamn, there's a lot of competition. Secondly, if you're on YouTube, then consider putting a like and subscribing to the channel. We are building our subscriber base. It is growing week to week to week. But it's a slow old fucking grind until we hit a thousand. But the first thousand takes so fucking long. After that, lads, we can just let our foot off the gas. Fuck editing at that point. We're turning like the rest of the podcast you see out there where it's really low effort. We can just do that then. But we got a long <laughs> grind till then. And of course, we don't ask for any monetary reward from you. We do it for the love. And so if you could show some love back to us, we would really appreciate that. But this has been a crazy old episode, and I have been Davey. I've been Phil on this one. And I've been Spencer. Take care, guys. Peace. In PS We Trust is hosted by Davey, Phil, and Spencer. You can write into the show via our email, pswetrust at gmail.com. Our Twitter is at inpswetrust. To find each of us online, follow our Twitters at ssjdavy, at philiphoy, at spenpie underscore. Thank you for listening. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. See ya.